welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. After party 74. We made it. Yeah, like, y'all we're made it. <laughs> did Somebody we, did something yes, live. We yep. did a thing. Mm-hmm. We did. So, uh, yeah, uh, I am your hosting game master, Rick Sandage, in case you've uh, never seen my face before and only know me <laughs> from audio, which is possible. If this is your first live uh, event, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, true. true. I am joined by Jessica Jenkins, Jordan Hello. Jenkins, Hello. Heather Allen, Hello. Rachel Sandage, and special Hello. guest co-host and moderator, uh, as well as uh, a periodic special guest on our <laughs> Faded Tales and uh, Faded Tales, yes. Ross Scoggin. Hello. Man, goodness. <laughs> I got a lot of honorifics yeah. there for some reason. I was going to say, you got the longest intro of all of us. a man of many titles. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Human Resources Director of the Find the Path Ventures. Yep. <laughs> Surprisingly not evil? Like, that's weird. That's why we put the yep. paladin in charge. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I guess uh, to jump into things, uh, this might sound a little bit different than what we normally do, and that is because this is being recorded live in front of a live Twitch audience. Yeah, it uh, is. Which is yep. not something that we've ever done before for anything in the Mummy's Mess podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, you guys will get to hear the uh, the unfiltered, uncut um, Mummy's Mask experience. And by that, I mean I I've got to... I try uh, not to swear. Move a cat off my desk. Yeah, there, 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 there is also a cat above here. Um, That's if true. you can yes. see him, yeah, that is Mr. Chilling. Kenway. We're going to be playing a small game so. of Find the Path Cats. Mike is asleep on the bed, the but I don't know if y'all can see him in the background. Yeah, he's a black cat I'm on a black way. thing, so yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I suppose to jump into things, uh, this is our final after party. This is the final episode, if you will, of the Mummy's Mask podcast. Uh, after four and a half years of... Uh, uh, battling against mummies and desert creatures and all the rest of that stuff. It has finally come down to this. So, yeah, I suppose in, uh, in standard tradition, let's go ahead and jump back into things. Um, the uh, We usually start with the recap. So, uh, yeah, we had uh, episode 220 and 221, which was basically just the two-part fight with Hakatep. Yeah. jerk. That was, uh, that was an interesting was... combat. <laughs> It yeah. was a frustrating one to say I, the least. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there are words that Rick uh, Rick won't let me say, so you know. That's true. I can't. <laughs> I cannot. You can say them. You this, just will get. This shrink. is live. I would ask I you. I cannot swing. edit you. <laughs> you, can, okay, you can say whatever you want to say in your head. Just say swing and stay uh, okay. instead. Yeah. I'll, yeah, that's, that's not true. gonna work. But okay. Yep. Anyway, he's words, words. Swing, lots of swinging words. Swing, 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 swing. Yeah, the the most interesting part about it is for all the kind of build up to him as like, you know, this master of the elements and like somebody who, you know, has done a lot of deals with outsiders and stuff. No outsiders. Yeah, there were a couple of And he has demolished the planes, so. Also that. Which was weird. I, yeah. I mean, I guess Chisisek did all the summoning. I don't know. But he didn't. We know he didn't. He did summon those two like lightning boys. Yeah, he summoned some uh, some he elder elementals and all the rest of that. He could have been using scrolls but. and stuff, I guess. I don't know. He was. I was really he, happy he, he had a lightning himself, voice but. because <laughs> that fight was crazy. Boys. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a long, interesting fight. It's always the interesting thing with a uh, a final boss fight where there's so much build up going into it that um, 
usually it goes one of two ways. I think we mentioned this in the after party just before we did this, that it's either done and over in three rounds or goes on forever. Uh, and this was a little bit of the latter case in that his uh, his defenses were on point. Uh, doing damage to all of you was rather difficult considering two's immunity to every element, literally. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so glad uh, we, the very I least, summoned him. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Masika <laughs> yep, and him. Hollis's protections, Hollis's ability to absorb any element using her abjure yes. powers, Masika's <laughs> elemental resistances from being a dragon, and the evasion Rawr. abilities of uh, a monk and a rogue made that Yay! a rather interesting, <laughs> a rather interesting fight. I think it was a so, worthy investment to get all of those scrolls of invisibility. <laughs> Always. Yep. Yeah. So it did make for an interesting encounter as it as it went on for. A bit. Um, there were a bit, some two points that a, a bit two two full <laughs> length episodes. Uh, there were a couple of points that I'd wished I'd done uh, a little differently in that fight. Um, you know, in large part, like the the summoning the elementals didn't necessarily help as much. To be perfectly honest, once his defenses were dispelled, that would have probably been the best time to uh, pull out the scroll. And uh, time stop and reset. Uh, but it did get into uh, being able to utilize a lot of abilities because of his prior knowledge of you, since he did possess all of the knowledge that Serethet possessed from her battle with you. That's so true. knowing Citra's abilities, being able to do an elemental body, it was uh, once that elemental body was off, once his defenses were down from that greater dispel magic, uh, that was probably what sealed the deal for that fight in... Uh, 221. And, you know, Citra got the uh, the final blow. It was fun being a dragon. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, I was having a good time. My (laughs) biggest regret is that I wasn't a dragon with you. We could have been, like, best friend dragons. (laughs) There would have been no room in there. Dragons have the can fly, but it was so cruddy. Masika was just like, "No, I'm using my own hex to fly too. because these dragon wings are dumb." Which one is definitely under, underrated Jimmy, double dragons yeah. reference there? That'd be so cute. Then you just be a dragon as long as you can, because if you could be a dragon, why would you be anything else? I mean, because you need to go through a small door. Yeah, well, yeah it's like, just make the door. door. <laughs> Probably the only reason you just break the make door. It's door. fine. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, you guys had a heck of a fight in uh, in episode two twenty and two twenty one, and then uh, following that brought us to our uh, our finale, the uh, the grand end, which uh, the first half of it was kind of the the wrap up of the adventure, the adventure as written. Uh, we didn't even bother to check what Hakatep had because we weren't going to take it anyway. We were just like, just, okay. Yeah. Feels <laughs> like, like yeah, trouble it's, doing it's that. Done. To be fair, yeah. half of his stuff could have been cursed for all we know. Hmm. Yeah, you're, you're not going to just sit there and like loot his body or anything. Because again, at that point, it's uh, you guys are so far along. I think for a lot of groups, when they're going through book six, when they're going through the last push, they will go ahead and write down all of the treasure in the, will this be something useful for me to survive to get to the final boss? Well, um, yeah. and then, you know, Sudi and Masika need money to rebuild their little towns. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I need money That's... to build my demi plane that I will live in forever. 
<laughs> to be fair, I've looked that, that up. Is... That's very expensive to do. Yeah. It's very expensive. That, that is one of the things that I, I think happens a lot with book six, where you reach the end of it, and it's like, does everyone want to do the bookkeeping one last time to upgrade your gear and all the rest of that stuff yeah. to have your final thing? Or do you just want to assume, I'm going to sell all the rest of this, and this is my character's retirement fund yeah, uh, from much. everything yeah. from book six? We're still very young. I don't know if we're yes. retiring, but Felt certainly, say, you know. Well, to be fair... In Galarian selling off one ring, um, one plus five ring of protection will give you comfortable living for the next 400 years as far as your elf is concerned. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah true, 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 true. Yeah, yeah you don't think I... about the fact that you're wearing a complete fortune by the time you're like 16th <laughs> yeah. level. Like, oh, yeah. you are literally wearing, town. yeah, you can literally bankrupt towns if you went in and just sold all your stuff. Yeah. Masika's gonna bankroll a town, not bankrupt it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna save all the children, so <laughs> I, have, I have a long list of ninth level spells that Hollis needs to buy and scribe mm. and then <laughs> And then subsequently uh, cast. <laughs> and then subsequently go down to eighth level and then so on until I have like every spell. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you guys uh no, I was going to make a silly comment. Don't worry about it. Oh, fair enough. It was mild spoilers <laughs> for a different AP, so I was like, maybe uh, don't yes. say that. No. We, we are going to do our best to uh, to not really talk about the other, uh, the Hell's Rebels or uh, or Tyrant's Grasp actual place. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Which will be hard. Since we don't we know do where like everyone is them. on each of them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is Mummy's Mask slash questions. Yeah. <laughs> and this is live, well, so usually we can't we just make cut those it out. comments and then I, yeah. Yeah, I could cut yeah. it out, but... I guess I still could, but for you know the people here uh, in mm -hmm. the uh, the audience in the chat room and everything else, you guys would be in the know. No, so, Rick, just learn time travel and then go back in time later <laughs> yeah, and stop us on. from saying it. He shows up and it's just karate chops us in the neck. Except Rachel. Yeah, except, except me, because that would here be extra painful. Here comes Rick with the steel chair. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, um, yes. Yeah, you guys then got to do, uh, you know, your your finale, your uh, mm -hmm. the last send off. I decided to go ahead and just do one scene with each of the characters individually to kind of encapsulate, um, not necessarily show where they will be uh, as far as, you know, the distant future and what they have uh, in store for them, but more where they uh, where they are going, you know, instead of showing Sudi as a you know, jump for 50 years in the future and Sudi's the old cat on the mountain still training mm. people and everything. It's like Still looking like I, he's I, 16 years old, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Heather brought up an idea which I path. thought would have been uh, interesting, which would have been basically advancing all the characters to second edition. Yeah, I like thought it was going to be a, the and the thing was going to be mm. it's 2022 or it's 4022 what's everybody been up to, you know, type situation. Yeah. So no one wants I, 2022 and Galarian. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Then we have to justify why we didn't do anything about some stuff happening in the that's world. That's fair. Yeah, and, that's fair. Yeah. That's hard. That's the classic. Yeah. Um, none of my concern. But yeah, <laughs> did, uh, a chance to kind of like establish each one of your characters and what you guys were doing afterwards. And uh, I always like to end things where they began. I like mm. the, the full circle approach to it. And so I knew from from the get-go that I would bring everything back around to Wati eventually because nice. uh, it just it it ties a nice bow in it to to end it with Sudi walking down the steps of the temple covered in rope and a respectable <laughs> <Yeah. of> <laughs> you know, he's learned self-control 
<laughs> yeah. Of the amount of rope that he carries. Um, you know, it gets into a little bit of that. Uh, trust me, I don't necessarily adhere to the idea of it, to be perfectly honest. A lot of people use it as a ham-fisted way to shove everything together, but it gets back to the monomyth idea. Mm. Of, you know, you start with the characters in, you know, the regular world and then they go on a journey into the fantastic world and then they return mm-hmm. back at the end, changed uh, back to the regular world, which is much basically what happened to your characters to go full I don't circle. Know. Yeah. You can never go back. You can never go back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, the classic adage of you can never go home again. You know, it's always mm-hmm. going to be different. And your characters by their nature are different. And so Sudi isn't the the street rat afraid of being, you know, intimidated or caught by, you know, the viper. It's like, I could probably take the viper in a stand-up fight now. Especially um, if I don't know, dead. after having seen Is him. Is the viper dead? That's why yeah. I mean, it seems like... Uh, what happened to him? Yeah, it seems like his son and uh, Wolf are going to go shank, his, shank him. And I was winked. I caught myself. Anyway. <laughs> Good job, Good job Heather. Heather. Good We're job. So proud. Real for you. Sure, I, for I only took I four can. and a half years, y'all. Four and a half years. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but the the idea that each of your characters have returned back and you're now, like, changed for the better um, in, mm-hmm. in most of your cases. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is for the worse? Yeah. I mean, I could. Sudi's still missing that eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could I could make an argument of uh, of whether or not it's going to be for the better for everyone in the grand you know scheme of things, where it's you know like Masika and um, Citra's lives obviously been improved with the return of their loved ones. Um, mm. You yeah. know, in the case again of Masika, however, you know, like I think Sudi could have just had as much of a claim to trying to get a resurrection artifact for his adoptive father. Um, who did not die of old age. He died of alcoholism. Yep. Um, You know, so like that could have been a different thing. And feasibly, maybe he eventually goes to Masika and goes, hey, would you mind, you know, bringing this person back for me? And you've got also give me another eye. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, Masika can do that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, and and all the other various, you know, the losses that you experienced along the way, because it was a, a trying ordeal for all of your characters. But, uh, yeah, I uh, I was very happy with the way that 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 ended in the whole. And uh, judging from the response that I've seen on our uh, our social medias, uh, it seems like a lot of people were very happy with the way that that ended. Mm-hmm. It's it's always a challenge. Um, I try my best not to overanalyze things when I'm going through it, but if there is something that makes me nervous, it's sticking the landing on a finale. Because uh, not just necessarily for the podcast, because obviously we've never finished an adventure path <clears throat> for the podcast before. It's uh, true. But having I finished numerous, because you finished all of our home APs very well. So I yeah. know, but even even then, like you know, I'm sure Ross and Jordan both can attest to this, having you mm. know done the home APs and all the rest of this for us. Um, and I know that Jessica's done APs. I haven't been a part of them. But I'm finishing bad at an endings. AP. Well, that's the challenge. It's always like. <laughs> You don't want to just go the, uh, it's like, okay, so you beat the main bad guy and then you walk out of there and, uh, you know. Everybody like, meets up at the bar. We clink our glasses. Scene. Yeah. And just end it with like, <laughs> you return back to town. You sell off your loot. The end. Yeah. Slow so, motion. All right, you bye know, guys. High for five. all the fish. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> no, what you do is you just, you just play another AP back to back with the same characters and then it's never really the end. The first, yeah. you know, oh, okay. six, mm. bo- the first five books are a cakewalk, that, but why. it's fine. <laughs> Everybody reset back to level one. We're doing a, uh, an, 
Isakay or whatever like oh, reincarnation no. story with these characters. Right? Oh, no. We've been sucked into another magical world. Mm-hmm. It looks shockingly but, uh, like this one. As part of the reason I didn't end up going with the uh, the concluding the adventure uh, section in Mummy's Mask because I always like to make it a little bit more personalized and I know that those are mm. just kind of a general like here's some fun things for concluding the adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because as written, it uh, even states in here, what do we have here? Uh, wouldn't be a after party if I wasn't reading from one of the books at one point. Mm, fair. <laughs> um, yeah, with Hawkatep finally sent to the afterlife, the PCs have completed their quest. Both the Sky Pharaoh himself and the Cult of Forgotten Pharaoh, who sought to return him to life, are no more, and Osirian is safe from the threat they represented. Uh, there might be portions of the pyramid that the PCs uh, bypass on their way to accomplish their ultimate mission, and they might wish to return to those places to make certain that all the dangers are bested and uh, treasures are claimed. Uh, just a small aside on that, I I would always avoid that anyway, because once you've beaten the big boss, having to do a couple extra encounters against, you know, regular Joe Smoes. I don't know if we missed any areas in the pyramid, though. We were pretty thorough. No. I, mean, I thought um, so. Yeah. But uh, doo -doo -doo. to be fair, I could have been okay with it because I had a bunch of spells I couldn't use on Hakatef after he turned my meteor swarm back on me. So I would have been happy to just like. <laughs> As a fun use side note, spells. he did not actually turn your meteor swarm back on you. Oh, good. But, uh, That's how it felt. And I'm glad that was wrong. Oh, no. He, he <laughs> absorbed all of that with a protection from energy because it gave him 120 <gasps> hit points to absorb it. And then he just happened to cast Meteor Swarm. And then he just swarm. had Meteor Swarm. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes was me feel much spell. better. Because I was I would have much confused. rather if he had Time Stop as his ninth level spell, but that's not what's standing. Um, you always oh, want them to have Time Stop, Rick. I do. But it goes on to <laughs> say that uh, many many historians and archaeologists will be anxious to explore the interior of the Sky Pharaoh's no. legendary burial monuments. Um but basically, the 15 uh, unexplored flying pyramids now lie grounded across Osiria, and many fortune hunters would leap at the opportunity to brave these other monuments. But the heroes who vanquished the Sky Pharaoh are given the right of first refusal. Uh, several of the pyramids are described in a, uh, sec a separate section of this book. Uh, the huh. Ruby Prince himself wishes to meet with the party and lavish praise and honors upon them at his palace in Sothis. Kemet III could have further use for the PC's ample skills, perhaps of more political nature, or perhaps having to deal with threats that his seers have worn that emanate from the dark tapestry. Having already <laughs> tasted the terrors of those cold spaces, the PCs are now prepared to confront forces that threaten not only Osirian, but all of Galarian. I think mm. we do get together and do a roundup of pyramids just to make sure it's safe. Yeah. I kind yeah. of thought, Honestly, I was like, I was like, Sudi should get together some guys some and go do that. stones, like stone shape spells and make sure that the freaking doors <laughs> are all sealed. Seal We're just going to yeah. that, seal that shut. Moving on. And well, then, we yeah. go in there and make sure all the undead are put down and then we can <laughs> yeah. seal the things and move along. Let's yeah, not but I, I didn't want to bring pyramids. in like I considered it for a little bit and I decided I would much rather do the small scale uh, Sevti and everyone back in Wati rather than bring in Kemet the third whom you had no relationship with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To suddenly just, you know, the only reason he even of, knows we exist is because of Mama Nafra. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> You know, and yeah. do a whole like, let's put the medals on everyone, you know. Star Wars endings. Everyone gets a medal. Oh, Sudi's Chewbacca. Oh. Except for Sudi. Oh, no. But Sudi deserves a medal. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess uh, my, my suggestion for any game masters listening out there is, uh, is you always want to personalize the ending. 
Um, and there was a lot of the continuing the adventure path uh, as a fun site. Actually, I'll, I'll go ahead and announce this here because uh, it will never happen. It was just a interesting thing I wanted to tease and I considered even teasing in the finale, but decided not to. <laughs> um, that during the, the course of the adventure path, you'd learn that Hakatep had often spoken with a uh, a powerful sphinx known as a uh, an elder sphinx. Yeah, I need yeah. to go. That had taught him a great deal of his information. You saw a flashback yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, the Sphinx statue in front of the Temple of Nethys where you guys returned where Nahamun was. Wow! So cool! Um, I considered having a last moment thing where it's like, you all celebrate, and then it cuts the camera over to there, and then it's like cracking and breaking free because it's <laughs> part of the continuing uh, the adventure. That, uh, oh, man. He's a challenge rating 20 mythic six. Oh, I just want to be friends just, with like, him, though. I don't want to fight him. <laughs> Oh, his artwork is amazing. It's like a space rearing up, shooting laser beams out of the palm of his paw. It's fine. That does sound pretty cool, but yeah. (laughs) I considered teasing that, but then I also didn't want to, you know, leave off with a teaser for something that we would never do. Probably would never get to because we have so many other projects to do. And so that's true. But if you're doing this for your home game and you wanted to do something like that, then, you know, that's a a great way. Minkari's, uh, God. It's the, his section is literally entitled "Vengeance from the First Age," where he just like <laughs> oh. wakes up and goes, "I liked that Hawkatep dude blasted with lasers." <laughs> but I liked this guy. I think I should. You flip that. He becomes a guy who's like, "You want to train with me?" And it's like a training montage type adventure where he makes you prove your worth and stuff. Yeah, I mean, so you'd be down for that. The pyramids land on the cities. That's the one thing I need to know. Oh, yeah, that's good. It's a good question. So, canonically, for find the path, no. Okay. Yes. Outside yes. of that, in um, I believe in the the second edition uh, world like guide, it states that version. one of them actually landed uh, in Sothis. Oh, well, that's no. good. That okay. in the pi- find the path universe, <laughs> the we find are the more path would have landed just outside of Sothis. Like no, hey, we didn't it it crash down guys. One corner of that pyramid <laughs> is just peeking below the edge of that chicken coop that you landed in that one time. That's <laughs> yeah. that's how close it came. <laughs> um, so like only only Wati's dead city got crushed. So hey, mm. we did good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Then sure okay, it's like, good. oh well, my. If you want to play an R version of, of uh, Osiria, and you're welcome <laughs> to. Yes, yes. The pyramids missed yeah. all the cities. Nobody died from well, the people died, fl- probably. From the flying pyramids version. landing on them. I've heard that comment a couple of times from people, and I, I do consider it almost the highest form of praise where people say that uh, they have no intention of running Mummy's Mask, and therefore our playthrough of Mummy's Mask is the canonical playthrough in their setting. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, there was somebody who reached out to me and asked what Hollis would lecture about if she was doing a guest lecture at the Magambia University. And I was like, hmm. I don't know. And I gave like a list of things, but I was like, that's fun. I bet she would yeah. do that. Yeah, like someone running through Strength of Thousands and just going, it's yeah. like, oh, that'd be really yeah. neat if Hollis was doing a guest lecture. Oh, here. it's on her. It was on her. Mm. Ah. Awesome. So, um, yeah. I mean, I guess that, that brings us to our general. That was the end. Uh, yeah. Weird. How was yeah. the end? 222 episodes. The um, of a story. Yep. You know, at <laughs> least somewhere probably in the neighborhood of 400 hours uh, pre-edit <laughs> that we recorded on this. Uh, far longer than any other adventure path that we've ever done before. Mm-hmm. So I was that say, was, yeah. uh, we started uh, just after we got married. Yeah. 
The podcast yeah. is yeah. as old as your wedding or your marriage. <laughs> as old as our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it e- really easy to remember anniversaries. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's that. I guess. Uh, I guess opening the doors there. It's like there's so many like you know Jess and Jordan for how many episodes didn't have the same last name. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we got married. You know, during, we got married twice in things. the middle in the, between of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, y'all did. You know, we we started <laughs> in person for you know the first like uh, Masika's introduction to the podcast was yeah. still mm-hmm. in person uh, before mm-hmm. yeah. we did the last half of the more than half of the adventure path. Um, you know, during the whole COVID times, there are so many parts, so many points in uh, my own life that I can look at this and I can go, I can remember what was going on in the podcast while I was dealing with this, this thing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Rachel mm-hmm. and I moving to a, a new <clears throat> house, uh, happened yeah. twice actually during yeah, the, twice, uh, I was about to twice. say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so to, to two different houses and, uh, I, I was, was recording this podcast while I was going to college. Yeah, yeah, you're going to college and, you know, you you graduated while this mm-hmm. is going on, yep. you know. Like, Let me tell you, doing this podcast and studying radiology and taking a registry at the same time, some days I thought I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did that well, like, too and then didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. So I can well, I can agree with her that, yeah, it ain't easy. Yeah. And, and even things like, uh, you know, Ross and I were joking about it when uh, we were chatting just the other day, but... When we first started recording from home, and I bought these, uh, you know, IKEA cubes oh, yeah. and lined them oh, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so we're we're all like we had a box that we're talking literally into talking into a box because none of us had sound treated rooms or anything yeah. at that time. Well, we were sharing uh, an just office to keep at the that podcast point. going. Yeah. yeah, we were sharing an office, and oh man, there were so many uh, so many crazy times with uh, even behind the scenes for the adventure path to get yeah. this uh, to get this Which, out. And I mean, I know for the fan. Uh, Oh, oh, I was just going to uh, say, only gonna... missing two episodes. Yeah, that's true. And doing recaps for them instead. So I think we had a pretty good... That, that, that was when COVID finally snuck up on us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was... But we did know, get some special uh, some special guest starring from Narmer there, so that was fun. Yes, we did. That is true. We, we did a little bit of special guest starring from Narmer, and, uh, and again, we've... I think I, I speak for all of us when it's amazing the friends that we've made along the way from this, uh, being able yeah. to, uh, to talk mm-hmm. to everyone that we have uh we've met and engaged with in the community going to PaizoCon and being you know like recognized at PaizoCon. uh yeah the, that was surreal <laughs> rachel and i being recognized once at scarborough fair you know? yeah, like yeah. These, that was uh, honestly these crazy pretty awesome i'm not gonna lie had. it totally made my day <laughs> it did it was it was it was great and uh and this amazing community that is has grown up behind you know all all around the podcast as far as the discord and having this discord be uh, having our discord be a a recognized society event space and you know official lodge yeah Mm -hmm. but i mean that being said obviously um you know there's still a lot more to come from us like uh we're not going to rest on our laurels as far as things go as far as finishing this ap is concerned uh that we have so (laughs) much more in store for us but yeah being an official Paizo podcast and being able to uh, to start our Patreon and the the amazing amount of support that we've received from our patrons there that allow us to actually continue to, you know, allowed us to sound treat yeah. our rooms, uh, which mm-hmm. was clutch whenever we suddenly needed to have to new do microphones that. and new yeah. setup. Yeah, I, have a, and, I have a cat as extra padding right now. Look at yeah. it. Yeah. 
So he cute. absorbs so much sound. He does. Uh, <laughs> we have to leave the doors open, otherwise he makes so much sound. <laughs> yeah. He is the reason that you cannot shut doors in our house. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, I guess uh, my question before we get to uh, everyone else's questions are, uh, you know, thoughts on the AP. I had fun. <laughs> I, I had fun, yeah. Was really yeah. Cool. My mind was, it was fun, but God, think of something cool to say, Heather. I know. It's like, I need to be witty and clever. Oh, crap. Nah. That's all. It was fun. Ephemeral. Yeah. I, I, I think, cried. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I think it was yeah. it was a really interesting AP. I miss I miss my golden boy, but, you know, Masika's mm. pretty cool. Yeah. 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 No, I I think it was really interesting. It did. It had some twists and turns that like we didn't kind of see. You know, it wasn't very predictable. So I liked uh, a lot of stuff. It hit that like the mummy vibe that we thought it would hit when we started. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, the vibes were really good. It hit the nostalgia factor for me because I was so obsessed with Egyptian mythology as a kid, and so to kind of get to play through this, it was just kind of yeah. fun yeah yeah and i liked getting it like an artifact level item like really quickly and then like yeah. <laughs> weirdly not getting a lot of use throughout the entire adventure path because yeah, like we're weird i don't eh, know you know we, we do that though we do we that do with do things it's like i, I mean forget it's, which it's one passive we got a magic bonus. sword we threw it in a bag like it's yeah. passive yeah. bonus yeah. for the group was you know i was super good for influential for, yeah True. for that was and great. Sudi, yeah 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 you know just getting a, a stat bonus is always nice yeah. Yeah. Well, a hefty one too for the level y'all got it at. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shocking and lack of mummies also in this adventure path. Yeah. There were some. Mm, I mean, the yeah. big boss was one. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I found it Te- curious that you guys you guys fought a mummy at the beginning of book two, mm-hmm. uh, and then a couple more mummies during the course of book two, and then it was like mummy adjacent yeah mm. there's a lot of yeah. mummy for a long like time mummified yeah mummified yeah. mummies the sheer alive number of times that uh, I, I think most of them were edited out but the sheer number of times Rachel was like is this an aura of despair <laughs> <laughs> you gotta ask I had you gotta ask a bonus <laughs> I know you had a bonus and it almost never came up I know uh, your bonus your save versus curses came up way more often than the you know save bonus versus or really yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. it was good I, I mean I got to play a wizard through the end which was great I had never been able to play a wizard past like fifth level before like that campaign's yeah. always ended so that was cool I mean it helped that Hollis came in at like seventh level or something like uh, that if you're gonna play a wizard come in at like seventh or eighth level <laughs> oh yeah that's, that's when <laughs> wizards get good like, Thank you, got really good. Nice. You didn't have to do any of the like, ah, the stick hit me and I've died kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, like my I first mean, granted, character. I think if, if Hollis got hit with a stick, she still might have died. She mm. no hey, AC. I just didn't have a very good AC. My hit points were okay. That's fair. Uh, Depends that's on the true. size they of the stick. They didn't hit you with the stick a lot. I took toughness and had an like a decent for an elf constitution. Yeah. So oh, I know we have a lot of questions that we've gotten Let's in from our, our Discord, our subreddit, and everything. A staggering from the chat. number we have of, uh, so of many y'all from the chat. Yes, now. Um, oh, yeah, sure we actually I've been chat. adding yeah. them as as I've been getting them. So definitely. So we are going to go through these. We're going to go uh, fairly rapid fire because uh, we have a lot of uh, questions to get through, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't want to necessarily be here all night. And I know a lot of you have come <laughs> to uh, to you know hear what we're going to be doing uh, following this. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a, a big reveal that we've got coming up before the uh, the end of the night. So, 
Uh, I suppose if I uh, just do a virtual toss of the baton over to uh, Ross there. No, don't toss the baton to me. I'm not ready. No. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm trying to hear my own voice. <laughs> no, I'm That's ready, actually. True. Let's. I will catch that baton <laughs> and then proceed to run face first into the middle of the track, and we lose the whole relay race. It's a uh, bad trip over my own feet. It's fine. <laughs> We're not racing anyone. We're fine. Oh, uh, let's see here. All right. Uh, so, first of all, uh, I am, of course, uh, you know, I'm Ross, just in case you missed it up front. Uh, I yep. will, of course, be helping to host. And uh, first, I think we do have some congratulations. Congratulatory emails that we got in. Um, a yep. number of them, which we, frankly, we love getting emails. Uh, yes. It always warms our hearts. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, we do have some yep. special thanks to Noah and his dad, Thomas, uh, Stephen B., Christopher G., Jerry W., Ed, Emery, uh, who we misgendered him previously, so we do apologize for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I believe um, I, I went to school with a with a with a woman named Emery. And so I think I just assumed Emery was the uh, uh, the one who wrote to us from Hawaii that was talking oh, about doing all this oh, stuff. Right. Okay. And okay. I, I believe that was my mistake, so I apologize. I had a student named Emery who was a boy. Um, mm. Probably still is. Yep. Anyway, but, we apologize. So do apologize. Uh, we also have emails from Alden, Sean, Max, Aaron, Nicholas, Kim, Jim, Brendan, and many, many more. Uh, are we sure that's not Brendan Fraser? No, I but I, but seriously though, Brendan, thank you. We Thanks, do appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Frazier, listen to our talked about him so much. <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate all of you emailing in. Unfortunately, yeah, we don't have the time to go through all of the emails, but it is always wonderful to hear but from we you. Will, We've we will. We do read them. Deluge so. of emails. So. Yes. Yeah, Yay. we love an email. We do read them, and we do try our best to answer when we can. Um, we don't always answer promptly, but, you know, it is always wonderful to hear from y'all. So. It is. And uh, from there, if y'all are ready, I think we're ready to go into some questions. I'm going to start from our Discord, and we're going to progress okay. from there. We've also got some questions from Reddit, and I've seen a number in the chat today. But first all of all... All the questions. All the questions. Uh, our first question comes from Damie Wayne, and uh, they ask... Hmm? I'm assuming yeah. that's a Damien Wayne reference, but I'm not possible. Yeah. I, I hope it is. I don't know. Uh, it is yes, now. Uh, as we've heard you talk about before you finished a lot of APs, how different... Uh, as we've heard you talk about before, you finished a lot of APs. How different does it feel to have finished this one for the podcast as compared to finishing an AP at your home table? Did you feel more connected to these characters and stories than past ones? And as a side note for Rick, is there any super cool loot the party missed that you want to talk about? And uh, signs off as Nicholas from the Trunau Black Arrows. So cool. cool. Um, it's surreal to like finish recording and then, you know, we all go out to dinner and we're like, oh man, we did it. And mm. then have to wait for like mm -hmm. a month yeah. for yeah. other yeah. people to hear the yeah. ending and then everybody be like, congratulations, you finished. And it's like, oh yeah, we, we finished. It's like everybody, nostalgia everybody, immediately. Everybody was yeah. like, the scenes, oh, yeah. are you doing anything special tonight because it's releasing? We're like, no, because we've been done for like a month. <laughs> yeah, a little behind the scenes. We actually, we finished it up uh, at the end of September uh, as far yeah, as our right. recording was concerned. Yeah. 
because mm-hmm. Rachel and I were going out of town for a little bit, and you know, I didn't want it to be. Uh, I didn't want to get halfway through the boss fight with Hakatep and then Rachel and I leave for two weeks and then we get back and have <laughs> yeah. the boss fight. Yeah. What, what are we doing? doing? Oh yeah, I was a dragon. Whose turn was it? <laughs> <laughs> so on the on the subject of my person, I I don't know if I'm speaking for all of you on the more connected to these characters and these stories and so on. I felt like the story was a lot more prescient in my mind um, because mm. I was running yeah. the game. I was also, you know, kind of like running the podcast at the same time. And then I was editing, editing it. Um, and then I was listening to the finished product product. And there were a couple of times where I went back and uh, a key example was um, the uh, the cat folk, uh, the leader of the cat folk um, that Sudi met. In oh, his, yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. In the, the final episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That whole oh, thing. That uh, I, I went back and listened to that episode because I was like, how exactly? I remember I had a very distinctive voice for this guy. How exactly did yeah. he do this? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I think I had a almost a deeper connection to this adventure path because I was so immersed in it and I had to listen like to it multiple times. Just because we talked with the fans and everything so much about it, I talked about this AP a lot more than I talked about the others because yeah, we mm-hmm. would talk about our tabletop games amongst ourselves, but it wasn't spurring mm-hmm. on big conversations. I think that was pretty much the really big difference, you know, is outside outside opinions. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it kind of, for me, like I feel like I gave just a little bit extra with all yeah. of my stuff because it was recorded. Like, it was one of those things, like, there were times where, like, we felt sick, we still recorded, and, like, mm-hmm. normally I'd just be like, yeah. I'm just going to be in a corner dying over here, but, like, no, I'm going to have to, like, pump it up for two hours to, like, you know, really yeah. put out a good product, and I felt like that kind of pushed me to, like, just try to be better. <laughs> well, it <laughs> that makes to be more sense. sensical. Like, yeah. the choices that I made as a character had to be, con- like, coherent with, like, the canon of that character. Yeah. When usually, yeah. if I feel like on a lark doing a real random thing that has nothing to do with my character, it's a lot easier to do that at a home game. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You're, you're more cognizant of, you know, the fact that people are listening to this and immersing just as much as we are. And so mm-hmm. I I strive to do better almost because I want to make sure that the level of immersion I'm getting is the same as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's that, um, you know, while Ross was at times, you know, the fifth person at the table, there was always <laughs> that that idea of that fifth seat. Uh, literally, actually, when we were recording in person, that there was a, a seat down at the end of the table that was opposite of where I was. Um that like that was the audience seat mm, and yeah, so yeah. you know you had to be aware you had to you know there was none of that i move here and i do this it's you know yeah. very much being cognizant of what you're saying not that so. we probably didn't do a fair amount of that as we were because this is also the first show where we're learning how to do a podcast yeah. and so it was mm, yeah. a very interesting journey not just in terms of the story but also in terms of like this craft and kind of how we're putting it all together and like getting better at doing accents, getting better at descriptions, you know, better mic work. Um, yeah. Things mm-hmm. like that that kind of went hand in hand because like I can remember some of the feedback that I got from Rick because of course Rick would always be giving us feedback on stuff uh, <laughs> yeah. would correspond to like certain like plot points. So like they're kind of ingrained in my mind as like, oh, that was when I learned that I need to do better at blank or something like that. Mm. So it's kind, kind of a weird character voices. 
Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say if you've done a character voice for a long time, suddenly it's a lot easier to do. So like, I <laughs> do not have to try to do Sudi's voice. I just do it, you know. Like, versus, I'm gonna like, miss that voice. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Hollis's. <laughs> oh yeah, Hollis, yeah. easy. But you're saying you're gonna miss Sudi's voice, and I was like, oh, I didn't know you liked it that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. It's a cute voice. A good yeah. voice. Yeah. I liked all your voices. I get to keep that voice forever. Because yeah. I can make you do it uh, whenever. I mean, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. You do get it. And then, uh, Rick, um, did you, was there any loot in particular that uh, the party missed that you were like, man, I really wish they'd found that? Not, not really specifically. There were some uh, occasions where I cut sections that had cool loot in it, and I just moved it to other areas. Uh, I remember mm. that being the case with the... Um, the other half of the glove of snare, like arrow snaring or whatever. Oh yeah. That I I moved from being in the uh, the rook's nest when you guys <laughs> didn't go up there and murder a rook oh, for yeah. no reason. Yeah. Uh, so Mikey I moved it someplace says hi, else. Everybody. Yes. Mikey, say hi to all the fans. <laughs> the common question of what do I edit out? Sometimes it's just Mikey <laughs> yeah. singing the song to <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, there wasn't really anything that I I cut or I uh, I felt was really cool magic item that I didn't then subsequently move to someplace that they would actually find it. Cool. Alrighty. So. <laughs> well, uh, from there, I guess, uh, also, hi, Mikey. Uh, <laughs> Dude, chat is exploding oh. with, uh, with hi, hi Mikey's. Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mikey. Well, you gotta say it hi to Mikey. Mikey. It's true. Yeah. He's just saying hi. Yeah, but, so uh, thank you, uh, Damien Wayne. Yeah, and uh, we have another question here from uh, Rex Volpus. Uh, this one's a bit nice. more of an a bit more of an involved one. Another thing Rick uh, has to edit out frequently is me just sort of tripping over words. <laughs> That's fine. And we're, we're, we're doing good uh, here. Right up into the <laughs> this Sorry. is what makes the blooper reels sometimes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> anyway, Rex. Uh, yes, Rex asks, uh, more than once when talking to representatives of Hakatep, the party has said that his time has passed, he needs to be allowed to move on to his rest, and so on. I find that the issue of Hollis having been dead herself as one of her background traits has never been brought up in this context. Uh, the party is happy to have Hollis's help without ever telling her that she belongs dead, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> not not to mention that they learned that uh, Tetmaneb is only alive because Cassin defied the natural transition of his soul to let him live again. I realize that the circumstances behind Hollis's surprise resurrection and Tetmaneb's return are different from what Nahamra did to Hakatep, but... How does the party as a whole feel about death, resurrection, and it's your time to go, please stop trying to live and do stuff again? It depends on the stuff you're trying to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I think um. it's, it's also, there's a difference between coming back to life and coming back as an undead. Yes. Well, he would have been That's full yeah. if we'd given him yeah. the mask, though. He wanted yeah. to be alive again. But yeah. he wanted mm. to conquer and cause war, so Nana, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's more one of those things, you know, he's been dead for 6,000 years and is only returning because of what Nahamra did. Um, and there, a lot of people, um, I don't know if it's just something people don't think about, but when you, the raised dead spell and the resurrection spell and the true resurrection spell all have the option for the person being raised to say no. I, it's probably mm. in there so your enemies can't raise you, true. you know, to yeah. get information mm -hmm. and stuff out of you. Yeah. So I think it's one of those, if we try to raise them and they say no, okay, they're happy in their laughter life, but if they say yes, okay, you know. But Hawketep didn't get the choice. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, and it was it never came up in the show, uh, but uh, Sudi, as a Farazman, I would not have accepted a resurrection. So I, mm. I, I, I said, actually, like, probably 
maybe when I got in the cat sarcophagus or something like that. I remember it was very early that I said, I do not want, you know, I, I don't want Sudi to come back because I don't think it makes sense for him as a Farazman to not want to go on to his afterlife. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Well, good thing we again. didn't let you die. Then. Yeah. Good thing I didn't die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's, um, Sometimes with the whole, like, it's your time, I think it was also in relationship to you had your, your reign. You yeah. Know, it's it's no longer your time to, you you served your terms, uh, even though they don't have term limits in Osiria. <laughs> and yes. uh, you need to move along. Hey, you so. got a life term. You did it. You died. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people are waiting for you in the afterlife. Go. Citra was yeah. a follower of Osiris who, you know, died and then came back. So. <laughs> also opposes Set, though, so it's kind of a thing. Yeah. Yep. So if you come back so. to fight the good fight, I think Citra's on board. Yeah, like, I don't know. Hollis is, it's magic, it's chill, but also, like, you're doing bad stuff. Go away. Like, that mm. is, if you came back and just wanted to, like, have a farm and, like, raise chickens, cool, whatever, but. Yeah. Take your you want to come back here and, and do that. ruin a bunch of stuff? No, thank you, friends. Yeah. That's fair. So, yeah, All thanks, right. Rex. Yeah, we appreciate that, Rex. And our next question uh, comes from Xroot, uh, who hey. asks Hello, Xroot, uh, who asks Hollis, Masika, and Narmer were wonderful additions to the crew. Were there other character ideas that were on players' minds for their, if their original PCs died or otherwise moved on? So I guess that's more of a Jordan and Rachel question, though. Yeah, it's if, a Jordan like, and Heather question. or Jessica, either of you had a character after that, too. Um, nope. Yeah. A druid. Fair enough. I <laughs> had a hard enough time coming up with Masika. Like, I, when Onuris died, I was just like, and now what? Yeah. So I hadn't even thought about what doing if what I would do if Masika was uh, permanently killed. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> Jordan, Rach? Uh, I mean... Uh, Sorry, I'm getting distracted by all of these subs. Also, yes, thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, everybody. But man, is it going to my ears. Um, <laughs> um, also, part of the editing process is uh, Jordan's ADD. Sorry. Yeah, true. <laughs> I need to focus. No, it's, um, no so you're fine. You're great. I, I would Go say on. the the big thing for me that I had I'd kind of gone between was like I wanted to be a frontline fighter. I had never played a fighter. I had played a monk, and so I decided mm. to play a monk just out of comfort. I My backup character was just to play a fighter. Um, mm. And I don't know if I would have done two-weapon fighting, but two-weapon fighting is just so good, especially at higher levels, that I probably would have been tempted into it. Um, cool. But yeah. I probably would have played a tankier character. I'd probably done like heavy armor and uh, shield. You do a lot of, of tanky things. Well, that's kind of my play style. Is play, I play a little tankier, um, mm. just as my general play style. So. Outside of magic. Uh, outside of magic, yes. I can't make a tanky wizard um, if I could. It is difficult. And you could in second edition, maybe. In second edition, maybe, yeah, if I took enough feats. Um, so, yeah, I, I would have played a fighter. Uh, I honestly didn't think about it. I might have gone and done my original character idea, which was a blind oracle, but uh, mm. I didn't need to. So, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Not for lack of trying to be skinned. No, seriously, yeah, yeah, there were definitely close yeah. calls. In my mind forever. Uh, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, thank God, the dice gods were on my side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously. Cyrus, 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, we don't get to say that anymore. Dang. Well, we can say it all we want. It just will be weird. I still wanted it on a shirt and like, you know, the baseball font where it's like, oh, Cyrus. <laughs> Maybe I'll still make that. That would be fun. Yep. We'll consider that, that in the be. future for the Patreon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now that Bobby's house right. is yeah. over. I was going to say, Rick, do you have any characters that you would have played if, like, what, what you did get to play characters <laughs> every time your characters died? <laughs> That's true. There's I always had, another had a never-ending revolving door of characters uh, to bring in. But... <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I th- but, yeah, thank you, extra for your question there. Thank and you. our next one uh, comes from Good Couch. So, hey. uh, yeah, hey, Good Couch. Hello. How's it Actually, going? Actually, uh, well... Since we're yeah. uh, doing a question from uh, from Sarah, though, thank you to uh, Sarah and TJ who actually sent mm-hmm. us some uh, commemorative uh, coins. coins. They were so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really so cool. neat. I totally don't yeah, have got one. Nice. It's right around here. Yeah, you can find our address uh, if you want to send us stuff, and we do love it every time it occurs. Yeah, uh, Sarah oh, no, also disappeared. Yeah, Sarah no, also no, did uh, a, uh, a fair amount of work for us. Oh, um, cool. oh, look how amazing that looks. Hey, oh, that hey, is yeah. pretty cool. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Swanky. That's fantastic. For the audience <laughs> that can't uh, see this because you're listening to it on audio, it's a really cool coin with the Find the Path logo and everything. So, mm-hmm. so silverish, yeah. so silverish Super coin. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, absolutely. So, we do appreciate it. Um, and uh, oh yeah, it has done a lot of work for us and like a lot of fan art too. You uh, yeah. checked yeah. that yeah. out. Say, yeah, it's fan art cool. and some so of it turned into pieces. actual products on our store. So um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And yeah. TJ was our event coordinator for uh, for PaisoCon last year. So yep. uh, you know, TJ's <laughs> always gone above and beyond for us as well. So thank you both. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I think but, we have a question for Sarah. Absolutely. Uh, she asks, I don't believe we ever encountered the animal-headed doppelganger that sprung out of the pyramid ah. over Wati. I was curious which doorkeeper wound up being the lucky winner of one clone hell-bent on destruction. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's a, know, that's a question we've gotten a lot, and uh, mm-hmm. it's basically like when when the, the mirror is shattered, there's a chance that one of those characters dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bounced it at the time, and that character died. But at the same time, I like to... Uh, to leave my players in suspense, so the mm. fact that that uh, that loomed large over them for the rest of that. Do book you remember went which great. one of us got cloned, though? Uh, it was Masika, actually. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> evil okay. Narmer. Okay. Not only evil Narmer. The idea the the whole time when we had that crazy weather stuff, and we were like, "It's evil Masika." We were right, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the weather wasn't because of it evil was because Masika. of that, but yeah. like, yeah. it was at least the correct doppelganger that we were guessing. <laughs> oh, man. That's fun. And I, I think Masika would have been a very interesting one because I remember dragon. putting some thought into it. Well, not even that. It's the fact that, um, you know, Masika can use elemental body the same as Hakatep did to turn herself into an elemental, making her immune to sneak attacks, has the same ability to... It basically has a lot of the things that Hakatep could do, but as a prepared spellcaster, mm. it was like, it could be mm-hmm. a heck of a fight against... Uh, Mm-hmm. you know, evil Masika. But well, uh, it just wasn't in the cards. Evil Narmer with all of his improved dirty tricks and all that stuff. Dude. Yeah, I actually we know thought about that. And it's lightning. Yeah, <laughs> I actually thought about that where I was just like, honestly, I, I probably would have done a sandstorm. Mm. Um, I probably would have had her transform into an uh, earth elemental so that she could have tremor sense. Mm-hmm. Make her immune to critical hits and stunning and all the rest of that stuff. As long as she moves, it's the same thing as Hakatep. As long as she moves further than Sudi's ability to fly and kick, 
um, Sudi can't use pummeling style because he has yep. to hit multiple times to do that. Mm -hmm. And then have Narmer buried in the sand pop out dirty tricks, still Hollis's uh, material component pouch. And then uh, Hollis can't gain access to anything that has a material component or focus. Mm. And Sonic just is. I guess there. I'm just shouting yeah. at him. <laughs> so yeah. just shouting nonstop. So it could have made for a very interesting <laughs> encounter, but uh, at the same time, you know, I. As much as it was fun to play around with that with Hakatep having a degree of knowledge over the party playing, you know, I still tried to limit myself in what Hakatep knew. And also he's a spontaneous spellcaster. So it's not mm -hmm. like I could change the spells. Yeah, true. But with uh, with Masika, it would be a prepared spellcaster that can also just go, okay, you guys have finally done a ton of damage after using your resources and everything that you have and the hill spell mm -hmm. and the hill spell mm -hmm. and again. But we also um, have it, the other Masika on the other been, side who can do the harm spell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, if I have it, although I don't think she usually, yeah, because you guys <laughs> yeah. fight so much undead. I don't yeah. think she usually yeah. prepares that one. It's true. Um, it, I don't think it necessarily would have been a whole bunch of fun, but I did appreciate the uh, the level of tension, the uh, the looming thought of that uh, caused <laughs> for the party during the entirety of the slave trenches. Mm. True. So. All right. Good times. Another visitor. <laughs> Mr. Ken. Hello, hey, Mr. Kenway. Ken. <laughs> Usually you get a tail well, thank more you, than good a couch. face. Yeah, and thank you. Let's see here. We do have uh, another one. Uh, Jimmy T has asked a few questions. Um, hey, Jimmy. Some of them simpler than others, so I went ahead and just combined them all together here. Um, all right. Okay. We're being very so, bad at keeping these concise. So, we're not yeah. concise people. <laughs> so Hi, Jimmy right? T. We do better than our after parties. <laughs> Jimmy T asks uh, once a campaign AP is over and the characters pass are done do you do anything to memorialize them I have kept every handwritten character sheet and updated versions of all my PCs going back to 1991 which is impressive nice. wow, wow. Yeah, I do uh, have a folder that has every character sheet yeah me too yeah, I have a folder I have a yeah. binder mm -hmm. and I have a bag of dice sets Yes. I do. I yes. also have a bag. Like, there's one die set sets. per character, so you retire those dice when the, when yep, the so AP's Hollis's done. Yeah, so Hollis's dice will join the dice set bag. <laughs> yeah, I hold uh, on to my character sheets as well. Yeah, as do I. Um, Jimmy also asks, is there anything else that you do in this regard? Like, I don't know, do you have any, like, pictures that you have made or anything well, like that? Well, we or? did used to do Benefit commemorative. from having pictures done. Well, yeah, we have yeah. pictures now, but we did actually used to commission art at the end of the AP with, like, yep. the final... You know, set like Party. a group pick, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We never did do one for Carrie and Crown. We need to go back and do yeah, that. Yeah, right. That we didn't do one for Carrie and Crown, did we? Yeah, we yeah. Y'all should. Yeah. yeah, but we um, do have a. We did get a group picture done of everybody after the APs we finished, and we have a heck of a mummy's mask one that we actually need to send out to people <laughs> on that ten dollar tier. Yeah, that's yep. true. Yep. And uh, you know, we've got now 222 episodes to memorialize the uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. I've actually thought about going back and listening but I'm like oh gosh maybe I shouldn't <laughs> you know? if there's anything I've learned there's anything I've learned. If you give me the same input, I will give you the same output. So I will I will try internally to make the same joke and comment that I made before. So listening to it's real weird for me. Well, it, it might be an interesting experience for a couple of you guys because I know you don't routinely listen to the uh, the episodes, and so you know. I don't. I never what does it sound and, like post yeah. edit and yeah. things like that? I was Heather needs to go listen to the memorial for Han Uris. Yeah, oh, I yeah. still listen to that. Yeah. I, the episode that she wasn't there. I was always afraid to listen to them because. I thought it would make things more seem more scripted because as a player you forget things 
And yeah. if you go back and listen, all that stuff is still fresh in your mind. And I was always afraid it would seem less organic, if that makes any sense, yeah. you know? Hmm. So that's Our why math I never is, listened is to way him. more on point in the edit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, always is. See here. Yep, it's like a beautiful mind here. Uh, Jimmy also asks, uh, when do we get action figures? <laughs> yeah, you know, so, uh, do you have any One in 20 city variant figure. or on oh, yours with a headdress, Hollis with a cowboy hat, uh, <laughs> Citra with like two action stabs. <laughs> oh, man. Like Masika, Narmer, you know, like that would be that'd be fun. <laughs> I don't know if it's we're like ever going to do that. Yeah, we have no idea how to make uh, those. Unfortunately, yeah, that would be... Uh, <laughs> be difficult to do. you know what would actually be a fun thing to do um mm. is uh is commission someone to make 3d models oh, and then uh, you know, oh, we could provide, yeah, we could could provide those for people to 3d print them or things mm. or provide the pdf to people for free to yeah. you know or yeah. not pdf but the file to mm. uh 3d print them at home so you can yeah. have that your could own be fun, diorama yeah. that'd be fun yeah, hmm. yeah. Be something to consider for the future I don't yeah. know if they'd have karate chop action but it'd be pretty no, cool it'd be, yeah. Yeah, yeah i was gonna say they, they would not have karate chop action unless you do a lot of work we could do a plushie pretty easily. I think there is a there's a thing that'll let you do it, and I know I've, it's been shared with me like a thousand times. We just never mm. get around to doing I it. I want an armor plushie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I want a sugar plushie personally. I named my new car after Hollis, and I put a chicken sticker on the back of it. It makes me really happy. I need a Gus plushie. Is what I need. Oh, a little bat. Uh, a little bat let's plushie see. would be amazing. Crossing the streams. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Jimmy also asks, uh, as their last question, what is the last image you have in your head of how your characters look? You know, just in case uh, some fan artist wants to put pencil to paper. So we have. Are we going to share? What are we sharing that art? Jordan, Spoiler. can you share that art in our Twitch stream? Is that super hard to do? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I did not we'll prepare for this. I did we, not prepare for that. We did get very, very nice art yeah. pieces done for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was one of the things we were sharing tonight, I mean, but the, I'm not the charging final, the Twitch stream, so. We're, yes. We need the to final send it. We have, we're going to make a print. It's beautiful. Yeah. The final yeah. scene I have in my head is like one of those, you know, like the multiple tables crammed together in the tooth and hookah with like everyone on pillows it's, all around it. So it's like the... It's just you know, the, the end last of the first or something, Avengers kind movie. of like everyone crowd together. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. Little baby crocodile in the fountain. Yeah. With crocodiles and Tetmanibs <laughs> leaning over doing things. Because and Stinger Jr. was there. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Azaz is looking <laughs> exasperated and back to the ground with you know, I think Azaz and, and I should get along. Hollis and Azaz should get along yep. at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like everyone's there hanging out. So, I mean, that's my last mental image, you know. And, then and Brendan kind of Fraser is just chilling in the background. <laughs> <Brendan> <laughs> Cameo from Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And Cameo. Rachel Weiss. Yeah. And Rachel yes. Weiss, yes. <laughs> so, oh, all right. Great. So that is all of Jimmy T's questions. Thank you for, Thank you, for asking. Thank you. Uh, our next set of questions comes from the Gentleman Lich on our Discord as well. Ooh, the uh, I recognize the, that name. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and the, uh, the first one is... Is anyone in the podcast interested in listening to the A B episodes they weren't a part of, or would you rather not know? So this is, I, I think, more for the players because, of course, Rick listens to both. Well, and but. like I just said, I haven't gone back and ever listened to the on yours ones, mostly because I'm afraid it's going to make me cry, and I don't want to do that. Mm. <laughs> well, this is this is the you know the B side that you weren't yeah. part yeah. of. So like, yeah. you know, what were the adventures of you know Hollis and uh, Citra together? Mm. I mean, I, I listened to yeah. the other one because. A, I'm nosy, and B, it was fun. I wanted to see what the boys were doing. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I I, yeah. Did, I did not listen to the the B side of Mm-mm. mine. I didn't either. Mm-mm. Fair I did. enough. Uh, but I think also uh, I'm I'm nosy. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I mean, it makes yeah, sense when we're recording not to do it, but now that it's done, like you know, you could do it whatever you want. It's out of context. I mean, now. you didn't hear me climb a statue, or all of us, I guess, try to climb a statue to kiss it when we got drunk. Nope. Yeah. Sure nope. Didn't. Ah, I mean, I times. did listen to the to the B side of the faded stuff. Uh, you know, the stuff that um, you know, you may remember. I think it was like Falto, Jean Louis, and Isaac on one side, and then it was the yeah. actual like faded gang, the, the remains yeah. of the faded gang on the other side. So <laughs> I did listen to y'all's uh, adventures there. You had a very different time than we did. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There's went a lot smoother. You had a I very imagine. different time. Yes, <laughs> it was a lot smoother. <laughs> That actually brings up a fun anecdote um, mm. that I'm, I don't know if we've actually talked about this before, but the I know we've gotten a lot of people comment on how much they like the A side B side thing when we do mm. those and all the rest of that. Yeah, and that was actually a uh, a tool that came as a matter of necessity, uh, where mm-hmm. we were already recording the shows and um, there were just scheduling conflicts and all the rest of that stuff early on in Mummy's Mask, and mm-hmm. you know I didn't want to miss an episode of Mummy's Mask like seventeen episodes in or whatever mm-hmm. it was. And so um, it was just conveniently in a place that I could split the group in half because some players were available one day, some players were available the other day. And so uh, every time that you hear an A-side, B-side, um, the one for um, Hell's Rebels, I know I talked about not crossing the streams, but Hell's Rebels does happen as well. And now you're doing and it And now I'm doing it. <laughs> it's okay when he does it, is what he's saying. I'm mad with Apparently. Um, that, you know, a lot of times those are because of scheduling constraints or anything like mm. that because uh sometimes it's we suffer the same issues that every game group does which is coordinating schedules to yep. maintain yeah. a flow of things which is part of the yep. reason that we record a bit in advance because you never know when you know suddenly something's gonna come up and it's like oh yeah i was you know we do the podcast we all love doing the podcast uh we have a a successful patreon uh, mm-hmm. but it's not a successful enough that any of us do this for a living uh, and as such you know i understand if it's you know jess or rachel or jordan or someone has to like leave the state for a conference or whatever mm-hmm. it is it's like i've got to go do this thing for work um yep. you know and heather that so thing, often is on call money, and so all the I rest of that stuff so yeah, yeah. not yeah. as so much anymore now that yeah. i do the ct instead of the x-ray mm-hmm. but yeah but uh but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a, an interesting thing with the A side B side, and it's mm-hmm. a happy coincidence that I think it worked out for us that people enjoy having those episodes with a smaller number of players, really allowing you to drill down on the individual characters. Absolutely. Uh, the uh, next set of questions is a, a bit more involved, but um, it's split in half, mainly to Rick, but then some to the crew. Um, okay. Rick, I realize as a long-running group of friends, this necessarily isn't the sort of thing you'd need to do, but before the campaign, uh, did you utilize any player consent tools like the X card or lines and veils, or informally discuss content in the AP that might potentially make your players uncomfortable? Uh, is there any content that you wish that you changed or wish you had after the fact? Uh, I know a certain clever use of stone to flesh bothered some people, <laughs> at least on the Discord. Um, Trust me, it bothered us in real life. <laughs> and we then put to it the off cr- for a long time. <laughs> and then to the crew, is there any content that bothered you uh, or you wish had been changed? So, yeah. Well, I suppose for the first part of that question, uh, no. I, I have a lot of experience with this group, and so I have a general idea of, you know, what is 
makes people comfortable and what makes people uncomfortable as far as the group is concerned. I'm not always 100% correct. And if you're playing with a group that uh, you are not as experienced with, uh, I highly suggest, you know, utilizing these tools to make certain that no one is made immediately uncomfortable. Mm. I will sometimes bring up something in relationship to a part of the story that the group is in, not before the AP begins, uh, but more that, hey, this is coming up just to forewarn you. Um, book three of Rise of the Rune Lords is the one mm. that immediately springs to mind. Um, mm -hmm. Which one's ah. book three of Rise of oh, the Oh, okay. I don't want to the... go into spoiler. It's uh, Hook Mountain Massacre is okay. the name. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. It deals with yeah. some very difficult themes. And mm -hmm. as such, I felt um, I felt I needed to talk to everyone before I even ran that and just go, hey, by the way, there's some really creepy stuff. And I know I think I, when I brought that up to a lot of you, you're like, oh, well, that's fine. We're not worried about that. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I was uh, I had experience with all of you, but I think I'd know Jess and Jordan for maybe a year at that point, a year mm -hmm. and a half or something like that. So yeah. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't you know necessarily I mean, know, I, yeah, I, know. I could see how it could bother some people but uh, yeah. oh yeah we're just yeah. that's not the thing that bothers us bothers us yeah, yeah. I, I think the yeah. kind of more interesting thing for us was not just what bothers us but making like being conscious of what would like kind of not work in the podcast so like we yeah. we censor all of our swearing um and try actively not to swear even though in our home games you know we're sailors so um mm. you know things like that Truth. um not mm -hmm. doing extremely graphic um you know violence or anything like that like i think we talked more about like hey what kind of show do we want to do than mm -hmm. what content are we not comfortable with yeah i mean i considered as far as the second part of that question as far as mummy's mask is concerned um i was considerate of the fact that for lack of a better term almost every one of the cultists that you fought were suicide bombers mm -hmm. yeah and it has mm -hmm. a very I tended to just glaze over that, where it was just yeah. like, yeah. you know, the Let's the only time I ever on that too much. the only time I ever really played it up was, uh, um, with the, ah, oh God, her name escapes me Merit right Hetef. now. Merit Hetef. I played it up a bit with her because she wasn't a true believer. Um, yeah. So everyone yeah. else was more than happy to die for the cause. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I never wanted to make light of, of suicide, obviously, because unfortunately, yeah. you know, like so many people, it has touched my life in the past. Um, and so I didn't ever want to make light of it. But at the same time, I didn't feel like we were approaching it in such a disrespectful way that it would be troublesome for the adventure path. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I think for all of you, you're aware that these are evil cultists, and it was just, I think I, I think I used the phrase detonate a billion times, where it's like, so yeah. you stab them, yeah. they detonate, and then immediately roll into, you know, make a save or be blinded. Well, and mm -hmm. I was never sure if they were activating that or if the magic itself just activated, and mm -hmm. how many people wouldn't have had a choice to... Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's actually both. It once They it's can choose you. to activate it themselves, or it automatically activates. Um, so... A little bit of calming. It's an either and or both. Because if you yeah. bludgeon them to unconsciousness and then wake them up, they'll usually blow themselves up. Because mm. they're mm. all fanatics. Um, yeah. So. All right. I really um, wish they'd gone into uh, the reasoning behind that for the cult of the Forgotten Pharaoh. How Merit or how uh, Sarah yeah, had attracted those? so many people. Um, yeah. With such I a guess, fanatic devotion to that cause. Yeah. In such a short well, time, you know, also. Cults. Yeah. 
Well, I mm. guess being possessed by a, a dude with a 26 charisma will help. I suppose that ah, does make a difference. Man. He's so charming. Uh, let's see here. We do have one other question as well from the gentleman mm -hmm. Lich. And this one is, uh, how does the FTP crew handle party power level so they don't constantly struggle, but also don't roll over every encounter? I know Smite Evil in general is banned. Are there written out rules or is there discussion beforehand? Uh, does Rick approve each character sheet? And does this differ from how you used to play home games or how those party members who run their own games do things? Um, I certainly don't look over everyone's character sheet. Mm. Um, I used <laughs> I mean, to. We send them well, actually, to you, but like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to look over them just to make sure skill points, like every couple it's, of levels, yeah, I would look well, over them. We and would like, routinely sure forget things. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, yeah, sure I'm that for having forgotten my feats for about five levels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh, Rachel. Yep. Every few levels, I'll add up how many skill points I should have and yeah. how many hit points I should have mm -hmm. and make sure it's right because sometimes as you're leveling up, things get mm -hmm. missed. Yeah. Lost and shuffle, uh, yeah. As, again, and as far as the ban on paladins is concerned, it's really just because they're anticlimactic, not necessarily overpowered. Mm -hmm. um, it's just you're decent at a number of encounters and you get to trivialize what's supposed to be the big dramatic encounter. Mm. Um, you can make the same argument with like, you know, a wizard basically banking their spells the entire time to then blast off uber powerful spells for one fight. But um, when you especially when you're fighting undead dragons or evil outsiders, the, yeah. uh, the paladin's ability yeah. to trivialize a what's supposed to be a very dramatic moment is, uh, well, is at high levels. The ability that. to give that to other party members as well. Yeah, yeah to give I it mean, to the entire yeah, party and make yeah. that that yeah. easy <laughs> mode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm, I love um, playing with paladins in normal yeah. games, though. But yeah, which, yeah saying, that in is our just home for games, the pod. Yeah, and the yeah, home games are fun. In our, yeah, in our home games, like yeah, I've played paladins. I think Jordan has. Yeah, I played paladins. Um, I did. Yeah, Heather has. Um, so yeah, we definitely, definitely use them in home games. <laughs> and I think as um, far as like scaling, um, like scaling fights. Um, I mean, we use the standard scaling uh, for party size. Um, you know, as needed for challenge ratings, but really we don't have to because some some fights we just cakewalk and there's no way to call it um if it's just a yeah. bunch of good rolls and sometimes it's really hard for no reason so i've i've well, never key. personally scaled things for the group the key is rick, rick is just as good at playing the bad guys as we are <laughs> at are. making our own characters that's fair so, yeah yeah, yeah. I re really, I don't think there's much of a difference how we play in the podcast and there was in the home games besides Rick saying, you know, no smite evil. I no. think that's that's really probably the big difference. Yeah, I mean, we we in previous times before some stuff was uh, like uh, eroded to be a little bit easier. Um, we had banned like black tentacles um, just because mm -hmm. it slowed combat down and. Um, God, I want to say there was something else that like even society doesn't. There's use a ranger we... spell. There's a ranger spell, spell that makes spell something really your good. favorite enemy. I can't oh, remember what oh, yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Rick pretty much says if it's not allowed in Pathfinder society, it's not allowed at the table yeah. because of it's unless like, you talk to not... him first. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and if, if it's not allowed in society for shit. whatever you know, for basically like a more of a fluff reason than really like the numbers crunch. But I, I'm very lucky in that I have a game group that I never have to worry about them just trying to power game to make a character that is optimal uh whereas if anything we know, go the opposite way <laughs> a lot of times <laughs> yes we do <laughs> you guys are much more interested in making a character that is going to be interesting and mm. relate well with the story and you know sometimes there are suboptimal things that end up in your characters again like the fact that you know you guys hopped on a boat and i don't blame you for playing a desert campaign and not knowing how to swim but it sucks for a hippo fight <laughs> yep. yeah um, yeah, yeah. 
Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't usually have to worry too much about the, the group making characters specifically to be overpowered or trivialize encounters because <laughs> they're just interested in making fun, enjoyable characters, even if mm-hmm. it's not the most optimal choice for something. Yep. All right. So uh, I think our next few questions are going to be a little little quicker, but we do thank the uh, gentleman Lich for asking some yes. very cool and very interesting questions. You're uh, literally not really a gentleman been... and a scholar. Thank you. Indeed. <laughs> and a Lich. <laughs> and a Lich. <laughs> uh, our next question here comes from Loki the Troublemaker. So uh, we oh, do no. appreciate you taking your Hello. time out of your busy being yes. a god schedule to listen to our yes, podcast. True. true. Thank uh, you, Loki. <laughs> And uh, they ask, uh, what is each player's favorite character and favorite moment across every adventure path you've done? <laughs> oh, crud. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Make it snappy. Ooh. Favorite character? <laughs> Out of all of them. I'm going to go with Hollis because, gosh, it's fun right. to be a big wizard. <laughs> favorite moment? Uh, Legacy of Fire, jumping on whatever that creature was that had horns with Rachel's oh, fighter. Yes. And being like, let's jump on it. And it being the worst plan ever, but it was very fun. It was very yeah. fun. The yes. kind of thing you do when it's your first AP and you've only been playing for like six months. What if we hey, just jump on it? Just, that a little let's bit. just jump on it. <laughs> um, oh You're gosh. not Mario. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, I I really liked playing Sudi. Um, I definitely think yeah. Sudi is probably my favorite. Um Nice. Mechanically and and from a roleplay perspective, um, I think my favorite uh, moment. I think I've already said this uh, in one of the previous times we talked about favorite moments was going up to Kabek like Superman style and just pummeling oh, yeah. him. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're they're, they're like cool. the the vision in that my mind cool. of a like a big rock boy Sudi going up and just pummeling him in the air just seems so cinematic and cool. So very good, definitely that. Nice. nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite character is my summoner Simon that I played in our Kieran Crown game. Whose uh, yes. Idolin was Slenderman. Frickin' Slenderman. Oh man, so much fun. Mm-hmm. To he was play. an unruly little child who never listened to his sister. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, that was a well, chaos was like build. Yeah. I played his sister. This is why. I um, <laughs> But my favorite moment in any adventure path, this is a slight spoiler for Strange Aeons, is when Rick had us go to Ulthir in the Dreamlands. Oh, that was I good. just loved that, that whole fun. section. Mm-hmm. That's probably kitties. one of my yeah. favorite things we've ever done. In fine, uh, not like, necessarily yeah, a spoiler here. because that's not actually in the adventure path as written. Oh, okay. Well, then Rick is just flipping amazing. And so my favorite moment in any Pathfinder game is something that's not even in a book, but it's still oh, my favorite. Man. I loved it. If you play so Strange Aeons, have your players go to Ulthir. It's amazing. Oh, it was dang. so fun. The city of Ulthir, beyond the river sky, no man may kill a cat. Yep. It's a great city. That's right. Oh, it's dang. so good. Yes, Which is a that... reference to a short story by H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and there's your short so, story reference. So yeah, that reference. was definitely uh, yeah. my favorite. That was <laughs> a good moments. Moments. Yeah. Yes. We gotta finish that AP. Um, I don't think this is gonna come as a surprise to anyone, but my favorite is my halfling investigator Theodora. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was just a sassy yeah. little thing who mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm pretty sure I told off uh, the big bad to his face. You shot him with a uh, gun. It was rad. I shot him with a gun. I, I think my favorite moment was when the team 
like the whole crew together like I had a, a group smite plus a named bullet and we <laughs> took down the the mini boss for that area in one shot but every yep. time you got confused you shot my character in the in the, in butt, the butt and it sucked <laughs> a lot he loved you and you were so mean to him I mean, well, to she, be was fair, she was confused that you were in love it's with true her. but it was a lot also that so uh, but yes theodora yeah. was my favorite and it's also one of my just favorite names in the whole world i love the name mm-hmm. theodora you're theodora what about you russ oh geez um i get to do it too oh geez <laughs> i'm gonna put you on the spot now uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go into too much uh, detail, um, but I think right now my favorite character that I'm actually playing is, uh, it's really tough. It's really, really tough, but uh, I'm going to go with Rosamund. So I oh, really like great. her. Nice. Mm. Um, as far as favorite grasp. moment, though, um, there was a moment uh, in... Uh, Council of Thieves, I'm not going to go into detail because it would be massive spoilers, but um, toward the like midsection um, climax of book two, um, which is the sixfold trial, in case, uh, you know, so um, I actually was kind of at a point where I was more or less soloing like the boss of that section, uh, <laughs> just because I was like yeah. the only one with like any real resources left. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, managed to. I was at negative hit points, but because of the diehard feed, I was still standing. Oh, very good. <laughs> and oh right before I collapsed, uh, managed to smite the giant skeleton. And uh, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was that was a cool moment. Um, nice, nice. So nice. I still love that one. Anyway, Rick, what about uh, I you? I suppose for for me personally. Um, I mean, my favorite character is probably Gavril, who is my uh, mm. Inquisitor of Phrasma for Carrying Crown. I loved mm. that character. He was uh, he was great. He was the straight man in a group of oddities, um, yeah. including Heather's it's character. It's true. That's yeah, you can only about. have one. Yeah. yeah, the little brother um, listened to him more than his sister, and it made the sister mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was oh, the man. group dad basically for that one. Uh, although honestly, if I was going to go for a favorite moment and like. I'm not even going to go for any of the dramatic great roleplay moments or anything like this. It was because it was such a long time coming. Was uh, in Serpent Skull, I played mm. a oh. an alchemist. My God. A mm-hmm. halfling alchemist, uh, Lena. <laughs> yeah. that, you want to talk about power um, gaming? I was going to say, you want to talk <laughs> power gaming, that give, character. Give, give me an alchemist. Um, <laughs> and at one point, we found a set of uh, gloves of arrow snaring. Mm hmm. And um, I took those items because I kept a lot of stuff from the treasure. And then we fought a alchemical golem that threw a bomb <laughs> at my alchemist. Ah. <laughs> that I got to then arrow snare. <laughs> and throw that. Which was nope. just phenomenal. And then throw it back. Uh, yeah. Which was just phenomenal nope. fun. So yeah, that was uh, that was Very kind of good. the way that I did that. That was a uh, ah, that had so many weird moments. Such, yeah, yeah. that was wild. Yeah. I'm thinking about stealing the baby oh. snake and then returning it because I didn't want to be a mom. Like that was a weird one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you had that baby like that egg with you for like ever though. It was like oh, there, there was also the one time that <laughs> yeah. we uh, I had one of those uh, combustion you know those. 
oh, things yeah, that you drink and then it makes you explode. Oh, yeah. We sent character into a boss fight with us. Honestly, that was probably one of my favorite moments personally in that AP. But anyway. We also had our pants on adventure time. I was a flying, echolocating dolphin once. That was weird. He was doing finger Shooting out fingers at death, which was also wild. Thanks for all the fish. Druids. This is why. Wild AP. Y'all should play it. But yes, that was. I sadly didn't get to take part of that one, but that did. I heard a lot of stories it sounded wild so um yeah. but yeah thank you loki for that question and our next one uh comes from ben active uh hey, he ben. asks uh what or who were some of your favorite characters uh, creatures humanoid or otherwise that the party had non-violent encounters with uh shout out to the snake hanging out at the house of the dead half of the city during mm, book one that kid that oh, guy yeah um, the ones we didn't fight. Kasim. It's just a snake stunning on a bench somewhere. Just like, ah, we won't fight this guy. Hey, <laughs> that was the one time that I was like, yes, I'm a ranger. We will be friends with you, snake. Yeah. Uh, Kwasin no, was, was a great like, one. Cool. Yeah, Kwasin was great. Shahrazad. Oh, yeah, the Crystal Dragon. Crystal Dragon. Yeah, the Crystal Dragon. Yeah, they were cool. That was really neat. All of the air, um, the invisible stalkers that we befriended. <laughs> oh, yeah, the invisible yeah. stalkers, yeah. 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 And the, so the Phrasma... Uh, fist bump. Fist bump. Fist bump. Yeah, the dark yeah. stalkers. The dark stalkers. Whatever. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Whatever they. Were. There yeah. were a lot of really great NPCs and. It's true. In this book, in yeah. this AP, it would wow. normally be again just the gear to Lilu and your, you know. Oh yeah, the gear to Lilu together and. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Masika totally sent them like a, a like sent a message to them. Hey, we got it under control, and I'm forming like a peaceful group. Y'all should come. Do you back. want to join the federation? <laughs> 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 All right. I mean, yeah. Neef is really cool. I like Neef. Oh, yeah, Neef was oh, good. Neef was fun. I like them. <laughs> sure. God, the more right. we're going to think, the more we're going to come up with. Yeah. So we got to move on. It's <laughs> true. I, I think, uh, but yeah, so thank you, Ben, for that question. Uh, our next one comes thank from you. Fern from Whistledown and uh, asks, is there an explanation for why there are three sage leaders of the Beckon now when there used yes. to be four? I think this is a question mostly for Rick. Well, or is it just Heather, a change? For sure. Or is it just a change that happened at some point with the explanation lost to history? So, Rick, what gives? Tell us. <laughs> Tell us now. I mean, we're at the end, so I'll go ahead and, uh, and pull back the screen. Uh, fold, fold up my GM screen, set it aside. Um, <gasps> I helped Heather make her character for uh, following on Yuris's death, as far as Masika was concerned. And I set up this whole thing with the uh, the Beckon and the ideas behind that and everything is based off of, of course, a lot of the um, uh, the desert nomad groups that already exist in Osirian. And I was just like, you know what? I like three. You know, there's the three fates, the, mm -hmm. you know, the three mm -hmm. goddesses, all the rest of that stuff. It's Zelda. a good number. It's a good number. And so I went three. And it wasn't until, like, book and a half later that I was starting to really dig through and prep and everything else for um, book six that I ran across the four witches <laughs> and decided to incorporate those into that. So really what it ended up being is I didn't, I hadn't read that section about the four witches when I'd established the Beckon as a separate mm. tribe because the ah. Beckon don't exist in canon in the setting. So uh, it's a mystery that will never be answered because there's <laughs> yeah. a mystery answer. Oh my god! Other than the fact that traditions and all the rest of that change over time, and mm, you know, to really do. illustrate that, yeah. it's been six thousand years. We encourage so. fan fiction. Yep. <laughs> uh, Don't encourage it too much, but you know, there. because you know where fan fiction ends up. 
<laughs> well, I yeah. said fan fiction, not adult fan fiction. Spicy. Moving uh, <laughs> on. So, so uh, at any rate, thank you, Fern, for your question. And yeah, our thank you, Fern. next one also, I think, mostly uh, falls to Rick, and it comes from Eagle King 64 um, And hey. he asks, uh, what form does your planning take? Is it sticky notes in the book? highlights a giant binder full of handwritten notes a single long scroll filled with esoteric scribbles or some combination of that or more i'm curious about how you organize your notes so that i can steal slash borrow the idea um so as far as my planning is concerned um it's actually changed some with the uh the advent of the pandemic and doing things mm. more digitally but uh, a lot of it was originally in sticky note formats. I would do a uh, surface level read of the entirety of the adventure path, make some general notes for myself, especially when it's just like, I really like this idea. This is really cool here. Um, and then uh, I would usually consolidate all the sticky notes in the book. Um, I had a lot of them. I remember um, making a note in book two. I think I showed it to all of you guys that uh, specifically I wanted Kelru to return back in book two after you guys didn't fight and kill him in book one and make that a big, you know, fun reveal. Mm. Um, but as we've gotten into a more digital format, what I've really started doing, especially with Hakatep when I was gearing up, um, was I literally ran a word search through all of the PDFs for the adventure path for the name Hakatep. And I just read everything and anything that pertained, pertained towards his character's backstory or his interactions. Because um, they do, because Hakatep's stat block is so huge, the section where they talk about him in the book is basically half a page. That's mm, his wow. backstory. Wow. Um, but if you're going through it and you read the section where they're talking about the, uh, in the Kepsutanum, where they're talking about his Aku men, they talk about Hakatep and his backstory. And so I kept going through and collecting these bits of information here and there and there. Uh, so honestly, I think a lot of that's a, a word search function that I started doing and then copy pasting everything into a Google document and then making it more or less into one giant version of his backstory. Uh, I was looking up to the top because uh, it's out of my reach right now, but um, <laughs> I've got a folder that is about 30 something pages, I think, um, of which like 10 of those are Hakatep's backstory. Oh, wow. Where I just kept going <laughs> wow. in and adding mm -hmm. more and more and more to his backstory. The because secret backstory folder. <laughs> well, because again, you know, the entire thing with like, there was this sphinx that he dealt with once and it's just mentioned once in the creature description section for that sphinx mm. and it goes okay well that like that's a huge point in his character backstory but you know it's not going to get the the view on his uh his half a page that they've got because they've got to include artwork and um his ridiculous stat block which takes up a full page and bleeds over onto a second one mm. so um, that's a lot of how I do it. Um, and especially I make notice, I make notes of things that I want to foreshadow. Mm. Uh, so when I'm reading through a later book and there's an NPC that comes up, uh, you know, even doing prep work for the, the next adventure path that we're doing. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of, here's an NPC. This NPC is introduced here and is very prominent in this later book. Where can I work him in earlier on? Mm. So that the party goes, didn't we meet him at a, like a, you know, Gala? a tavern or something like that, <laughs> like earlier on in the adventure path. It's like, oh yeah, he was just hanging around the back in the background at this tavern. <laughs> uh, you know, or even if it's, if you're looking at any adventure path and just having rumors that foreshadow things that just mm. seem to be inconsequent. I love inconsequential. rumors. 
So uh, yeah, rumors. You are always should addition. combine that with rumors that don't turn out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you know, right the, I think I've mentioned it before. It's like I love foreshadowing and I love backshadowing, which is you know, foreshadowing that really only becomes foreshadowing when viewed in reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love side shadowing, which is foreshadowing that goes nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> which is just red herrings. It's just red herrings, but it's just shadow. All right. Well, thank you, Eagle King, for your question. And thank yes, you, Rick, thank for you. your answers. Uh, our next one, again, probably goes to Rick, but also to Heather. Um, and this one is from Biomechanomagical, which I think is just oh, a really cool name. It's a great word. It's a great word. Awesome. Uh, and they ask, uh, what was or would have been the full plot of Anurus across the AP? Uh, Anurus was the reincarnation of an ancient pharaoh related to Hakatep, so there must have been the outlines of an idea or propose uh, per- or purpose, sorry, uh, for how that would play out through books four, five, and six, even if he sadly didn't live to see them. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Rick and I had talked about how I couldn't have Anurus remember everything that happened, obviously, because then I'd know the big what's going on points of the story. But as we got further along, Onurus was going to start remembering things. Like when we got a flashback or we got to like certain events, Rick is like, okay, I'll start handing out some more information that, or Onurus remembered it happening this way because we're just reading or getting a mask vision and things like that. Mm. But I don't know if Rick really had an overall reaching like plot point. I'd considered having an interesting. Um including more flashbacks with Hakatep uh, in connection to his nephew, which would have been on Eurus's father, uh, who is mm-hmm. the, you know, Dejerdit the second, who was kind of responsible for the inevitable, uh, uh, pardon me while I toss a cat Mishap. off the side. Uh, yeah, the whole situation that led to his, uh, his being split. Mm-hmm. And I probably would have played that up a bit more, especially getting into this whole thing of like, you know, he he loved his uncle, but also his uncle was responsible for killing his father, but his father tried to murder his uncle. So it's like, was he justified in this? Mm. Uh, and even maybe playing up an angle of like, you know, would Hakatep have been closer or maybe even more distant um, following the death of his son? Would it have mm. been like, you know, this person's my heir now or would have just been, you know, I failed, screw it, move on. Mm. Um so I think I would have probably played up a lot more of that angle and tried to explore that. And, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, the Hakatep would have been there when, you know, Onurus was born. It would have been a funny, you know, Onurus through the eyes of Hakatep witnessing his previous incarnation birth <laughs> or something like that. Would have been like, oh, weird. Oh, that's weird. That's, uh, <laughs> that getting some awkward. meta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're like, right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I got. Yeah. Uh, All right. Oh. Yeah. So I had some ideas, but, uh, you know. Much Bad like when Sagira left, it's mm. well. It's it's much like when Sagira left. It's I I had to put aside ideas that I had previously and just mm-hmm. adjust to the new situation. You know, no campaign survives contact with players. <laughs> so yep, it is true. Or Falchions, or, or, or that. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> well, um, with that, uh, we do we thank you though, Biomechanica Magical, for yeah, your you so uh, yeah. for your questions. And uh, next we have Dizzy Dwarf, who does have a few. Uh, I'm going to go through these. Uh, the first one is going to be, uh, I think, mostly for Rick, but for everyone, if you do have uh, some some thoughts, please feel free to chime in. Yep. Uh, how does Mummy's Mask compare to the other APs? 
how you rate this AP compared to others that you've played or read. Obviously, the campaign itself depends a lot on the people playing it, not the book, but how would you rate the books themselves? Um, this last part, of course, is going to be more Rick, though I think Jordan and I have both uh, read AP books before, obviously, you know, so. I haven't read this and, one, though. Yeah. Tr- oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I would rank Mummy's Mask highly. Um, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun. It's yeah. probably one of my favorite ones that I've we've played through. From mm. a game master perspective, it required the less, the least amount of extra work on my part. There are some mm. adventure paths that do require a lot of extra work. Mm-hmm. Um, Council of Thieves immediately springs to mind. Mm. Um, but with Mummy's Mask, I felt like the story was there. It was fun. It was interesting. It was an engaging story. Uh, a little heavy on the the dungeon crawl side and Mm. so you have to kind of play up when you get those NPC interactions with monsters and things like that to really get the players to have a chance to role play a lot more because if you're not including the gear tip Lilu or if you're not playing up um, the group working with um, um, you know whatever creatures that happen to be in the the surrounding area as far as the Moftet or anything else like that are concerned then you're not going to really have I think a great time because it's kind of going from one dungeon to a dun- another dungeon to another dungeon if True. you're just looking at it on the surface level. Yeah. So I would I, rank I, it highly. I'd say I I really appreciated the variety of stuff that we got to in like be encountered with. Like it really did feel like mm-hmm. we got a really strong mm-hmm. sampling of different mm-hmm. kind of things. Like it was all thematically like Osiriani, but it was like you know everything from sphinxes to mummies to you know mm-hmm. outsiders, um, you know all kinds of different stuff. The only mm-hmm. the only thing that I uh, didn't like was there was a couple of times there were just too many cultists. Um, oh, man. And it was like <laughs> you walk into a room, there's eight more cultists. And we're just like, oh, dang it, these guys. Um, so that was like the only like if I was going to knock it like a few less cultists, please. But I mean, I think otherwise, like it was solid. It has a really deep story. Um, and I know, mm. Rick, you've talked about um, the. Uh, like. The, the trinity kind of thing where there's like there's kind of like the the wati arc then the you know kind of tefu uh it was built arc. very much yeah. as being a trilogy yeah uh, mm-hmm. where you know you the first part of the book you ended with a fight against the the mask the second part of the book you ended up with a fight against the heart and then the third part so book six you ended with a fight against you know hakatep's basically his body um, and so it's interesting that the adventure path itself was split into threes. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think I liked that because sometimes you get those, like some of the adventure paths, I've had books that feel out of sync. Like they feel like maybe they were added in or they didn't feel like they progressed the plot as much as I would have liked. And this one felt like it was very cohesive all the way through. Yeah, and somebody in the chat has uh, tacked on how would you consider it if you didn't tailor your characters to make it regionally acceptable I guess maybe playing more Falto-like characters or something. Yeah, it wouldn't be as yeah. fun. Yeah. You got to be from the region. Yeah. But that's pretty much every AP for me. So mm. Yeah, I yeah. feel yeah, that in a lot I of mean, APs. I've always tried to make my character for whatever AP we're playing feel connected to where we are instead mm-hmm. of I just came from some other place and now I'm here because <laughs> I don't know. Because then it's like, just why do you feel about strange to me? Yeah. 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 You got to have some buy-in. Um, let's see here. Dizzy Dwarf's next question is, I think, regarding party composition. Uh, mm-hmm. I was mentioned that two of the players are going to try a class that they've never played before in the next campaign, which we will be getting to at some point. So eventually, uh, it'll yes. happen. It's <laughs> happening. It's going to happen. We're going to have to keep going. <laughs> Snappy and, short yeah. answers, everyone. Snappy short is. I'm trying to get through the question. <laughs> everyone, interrupt Go, Russ. Ross. You're doing great. <laughs> All right. You're doing phenomenal, Russ. Keep it up. And I think looking- it's more. 
We can't Shush be quiet. That. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. And uh, looking back to the characters you all have chosen for other campaigns, it certainly seems like you all make an effort to try different things. Uh, but at the same time, I gather that most of you do have preferences as well. Jess loves her druids, for example. Um, Ross likes playing paladins. How did you know? Uh, Jordan likes <laughs> wizards, uh, etc. So especially when planning for a long-term campaign, how do you decide between playing a class that you know versus uh, one that you enjoy, or classes that you know and enjoy versus experimenting with something new? And what would you do if you made a weird choice that you end up regretting? And I think this one's more for the players. So I have a yeah. good story for this one. Um, Is it snappy? First of all, I, I've said it a million <laughs> times, but we always kind of talk about roles and who, like whoever has ideas kind of says, I really want to do this thing. And then we settle mm. into kind of what role we want to play in the group. Um, but my Legacy of Fire character started as a barbarian. And then I was like, I don't know. I'm going to multi-class with Oracle and then I was like, this is weird. And so then I just worked with Rick and got rid of all my barbarian levels and became mm. just an oracle. So I think, mm. you know, yeah. if you go somewhere and you do something and you've tried it and you don't like it, you can just talk to the, the yeah, GM. Yeah, Rick, Rick is really cool about yeah, retraining. Uh, just allow us to retrain and just kind of hand waving time constraints and certain things like, you know, okay. Um, or sometimes yeah, a character always, just doesn't work and the character has yeah. to leave and you bring yeah, a new yeah, character. They bring a new character. A lot yeah. of my inspiration comes from after reading the player's guide and what we're what kind of place it is. That's mm. kind of where I start and then I think about, oh well, this class would work here, this class wouldn't. And while I do definitely have classes that I love, I do there are classes that have always seemed really interesting that mm -hmm. I haven't gotten a chance to play before. So True. and with knowing that Rick's gonna let us retrain if we have to, I mean, it's not like it's okay, I'm stuck with this class if I really hate it. It's mm. Yeah, we we're we're never change. locked into where it's like, okay, well, it's gonna be another geez, four years before I can, you know, come yeah. play the class I really like. I guess I'll just tough it out. Like we're mm -hmm. we're very much about like actually having fun. Um, maybe you mm -hmm. picked up on that. Um, yeah. But we do try to actually have fun with what important. we're doing. <laughs> yeah, we try to all convene together about like, hey, you know, like I would like to play this class. And if people are generally, you know, like no one else is like, oh, but that would ruin the party composition, which usually it doesn't. I mean, 99 times out of 100, it doesn't make a difference. Very true. And so true. it's like, please, mm -hmm. yeah, go on ahead, do it, you know? Like, <laughs> so yeah. Good deal. Yeah. Uh, and then Dizzy Dwarf's final question um, is, now that the campaign is done, how do you feel, uh, this one I think is mostly for Jess. Um, oh, now that the campaign is done, how do you feel about your decision for Sigura to leave the party? Uh, what do you think her story would have looked like if she had stayed? And how do you think her ranger skills, combat experience, and animal companion would have impacted the party's ability to handle their post-Wati encounters? I feel like it would have been a lot harder if Sagira had stayed mm. and we hadn't had Hollis. We were really lacking that arcane magic mm. piece. The teleports did come in handy. Yeah, yeah. I can think of a lot yeah. of situations that would have just been a lot more brute force um, and a lot harder. But that being said, mm. I mean, it would have been kind of fun to have been uh, Sagira fighting Hakatep just because it, 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 she's ridiculous and it would have been fun in a different way. Mm. <laughs> okay, Narmer riding around on Isra would, would be have cute been... as heck. That oh, was yeah. 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 The merchandising. The merchandise. <laughs> and it would uh, be like Sagira, like you treating Narmer like a Where toy. Where the real money from the podcast <laughs> is made. Yeah. yeah, Isra, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No. It would have been weird. Yeah. 
Fair enough. All righty. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dizzy Dwarf, for your questions. Thank you. And our next one comes from Louis. Uh, this one uh, has specifically to do with the Fated Tales, so our side story. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see here. And really the question is, what happened to the Fated Tales team after the AP ended? I know they went to hide the rock somewhere, but are they just its guardians now? So I think this sounds more like Jordan, Rachel, and myself, actually. Yeah, because you guys are the ones that yeah, went Yeah, we to just hide did it. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Wolf and the uh, Asp went to kill the Viper, so. Mm. I mean, Sigurd would probably help with that. So she might have tagged along to kill the Viper and say <laughs> hi to her kind of girlfriend and wait around for Sudi to get back, hopefully not dying from that rock lady that we accidentally sicked on him. You know, I think <laughs> no. it'd be... This is my own personal thought process, mm. but I think it'd be really interesting if those characters returned back to, you know, Absalom and then, uh, you know, kind of a little bit separate since, again, two of them are Pathfinders and one of them's mm. this, you know, weird, oh. you know, occult Gang of spirits. Member? Yeah, <laughs> kind of uh, set up a secret thing with the Dark Archive and uh, oh. Oh. Know, oh, kind yeah, of set up their cool. own little, like, paranormal investigations. Sort oh. Of thing. Yeah, oh, that's like cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Jean Louis, Jean Louis, we have we have undead help, <laughs> help. <laughs> so I think, be, I think that's kind of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's my own personal thought. You know, it's like I, I don't like salt? the idea. Of, I don't know if I like the idea of the Pathfinder Society somewhere in the dark archive having you know the Haunter of the Dark locked up in a, a cube. But, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they got a bunch but, of other stuff in there, like yeah. added on the pile. But uh, yeah, so I think that's. I mean, unless Rach, Jordan, other of you had something to add, but I mean, that sounds nice, though. I like it. Yeah. There's a very good possibility Planchette would give the other two the slip and just wander off. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, that's possible. I feel like Jean Louis is a little too responsible to you know yeah. peace out on the Isaac duty. Isaac would stick around. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, and we're playing the good uh, guys, so it's true. <laughs> Ostensible good guys, at any yeah. rate. <laughs> Uh, let's see here next. Um, I will acknowledge, uh, Liam, uh, did ask a question as well about on backstory. Um, so I think we mostly covered that in an earlier question, but we do mm-hmm. thank you for your question, Liam. So yeah, thank you, um, Liam. yeah, just, I mean, parts we didn't get to basically, which it sounds like we'd already kind of covered that. Um, yeah. So our next one though, uh, comes from Hess Z Jim, um, who asks, He's so Zed if you were, Either one. That's the gym. Uh, So if you were able to pull some timey-wimey shenanigans and go back to the beginning of running this AP, uh, what parts of the adventure would you have focused more slash less on? What kinds of things that were missed would you try to make easier or more likely to be found? Uh, Are there any parts of the adventure you would have changed if you could have made input on the books? And uh, this is definitely not coming from the perspective of trying to steal any concepts or ideas for, you know, my own uses. Um, I remember there was a discussion that we had, um, as kind of as a group that the Tefu arc seemed to take a very long time. Yeah. And so I might've streamlined that a little bit so that it didn't feel like it took quite as long. Uh, I added a lot to that segment that wasn't necessarily in the book as written. So that might've been more me, uh, just kind of adding more NPC interactions and everything else, mostly because I wanted to get everyone to have a good chance to have a lot of role play before going out into the desert. Mm. Um, Honestly, if the only thing I would have maybe changed in there is, uh, especially when you're in the northern part of the Parts Dunes, is maybe having you go far enough north, there's an oasis city that's a big oasis city that's up there. And maybe somehow tying that in so the characters aren't quite as isolated. 
Mm. Uh, I know that that's a large part of being out in the parched dunes is getting across that sense of isolation. But um, that might have been something I would have adjusted a bit just because mm. there's a long period of time where the group can't really buy or sell gear. Uh, which can, of course, cause problems, as evidenced in other adventure paths that we've done. Mm. Yep. Is this about, like, things we would change in the book or things we would have just done differently? I think this seems to be more about how running the AP. I think okay. this is mostly okay. a question for Rick, so... Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you all had something that was like, I really you know, think this part could benefit from changing somewhat, but, you know... Nah, it's, it's minor all-player choice. Mm. All right. Ah. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned a few less cultists and like the sightless sphinx. Mm, Personal preference. Fair enough. But uh, all right. Well, with that, uh, thank you for your question. And next uh, comes a question we have been asked frequently. This one was also asked by three different people on our Discord. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh boy. Majuba, Fern, and Alex Rosen have all asked, and this one What's seems to What's in that flipping dance hall, man? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think this one's mostly for Rick, but what's in the dance hall? What's there? What's there? Right now know? it got flattened by a pyramid. <laughs> Don't care what was in it before. A uh, book has written, it doesn't tell me. All right. Well, oh, that's anticlimactic. <laughs> what? Uh, book is written. It simply states that uh, that there is a um, born a nameless slave to a Kelishite master in Totra, a warrior who would be called uh, Tahimtep. Uh, won his freedom after saving the life of his master during a slave uprising, ashamed that he had sided with his master instead of his fellow slaves. The freedman fled to Wati and took a new name, um, Tahimtep. To establish, uh, he established a popular dance hall to help uh, drown his guilt in the shallow pursuits of the flesh. But the plague <laughs> of madness struck before the old warrior could find any peace with inhuman strength and skin that reportedly turned aside iron blades. Tahetep uh, slaughtered his wife, children, and two dozen patrons in the course of a single night. And local stories claim the authorities boarded up Tahatep in his dance hall, fearing a confrontation with the lunatic, and other stories insist that he remains there even after centuries, immortal, insane, and forever singing the few songs his broken mind remembers. So if we'd gone inside, what would you have done? In a uh, bit of to madness. Be to be perfectly <laughs> honest, um, I mean, the dance macabre would be kind of a fun thing, although at the time <laughs> at that, that you guys level, were there, that would have been a death us. Oh, yeah, we would have yeah. done. Yeah, um, we would have Well, there's reasons flattened. why you don't go into the dead city, right? Honestly, because, I would know. probably make him some sort of undead. Um, a white's maybe the first one that just springs to hmm. mind because I know they're kind of rage-motivated. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe a barbarian to get across that, like, skin <laughs> turns aside yeah. the blades. Yeah, um, white barbarian. Although Skald would also be really interesting. Because oh, he sings yeah. the songs, yeah. Yeah, you know, do something where he has like a special thing where his you know his barbarian rage still affects him despite being an undead creature and freaks out and you know murders everyone while singing songs and all the rest yeah. of that would probably be a fun thing to do with it that would have been fun um, yeah yeah we'll so I, I think I would have probably gone that direction I would have gone some sort of uh, undead creature with either barbarian or um, scald mm -hmm. cool I like it but yeah and, again right. that's another one of those cases of like really you know, enticing the players with something creepy, you know, again, akin to like what happened with the the mirror version of Masika and all the rest of mm. that is sometimes not knowing is just as uh, as big of a motivator uh, as as knowing is. Regardless, I'm glad we didn't go in either way. So, true. you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's right. the thing is like you, that's one of those moments where like Rick trusts that we're not going to go in there, <laughs> you know, to be honest, because like that's one of those like 
there's a really bad evil thing that's totally going to wipe the floor with you. And, and some parties are just like, sure, sign me up, boss. And <laughs> we're, we're not those players. We're so. not those. Yeah. Mm. On second thought, let us not go to Camelot, for it is a silly place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so uh, with that, then our next uh, set of questions um, comes from Majuba. And the first couple, I think, are really, again, more directed at Rick. Um, okay. So the first one is, what content, if any, from the continuing the adventure section did you consider using or other plans you contemplated from your own mind for this adventure path? Uh, yeah, like I said, I considered using the uh, Makuari, um, you know, Sphinx waking up and, you know, I, I found that <laughs> very interesting, which is why I teased it. Uh, they also have a whole thing about Ulnot the Festering, um, basically mm. getting back up and the party having to fight that. Uh, oh, geez. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh -oh. yeah, no. Thanks. But again, I I can't remember. Is it Final Fantasy two, which is the one that has the, uh, you know, you reach the end of it, and it's like we've been fighting the same villain the entire time, and then it's like, aha! After you beat the final villain that you've been fighting to get to the entire time, out pops chaos or whatever it is. That's Final Fantasy villain. one. That yeah. might be Final Fantasy one. I might have been I thinking think about one. X death also. A couple but. of them do something similar too, though. I yeah. mean, yeah, there's always there's also the X death thing, yeah. and yeah, and I've, I've always hated that. One in video games where if I've been building up Hakatep this entire time to then just go, okay, well, let's do another 20 episodes or so where you guys are dealing with this other Joe threat Schmo. that's even yeah. bigger than yeah. Hakatep. Yeah. It's just like, it kind of undercuts the entire um, that story thing that you spent 222 yeah. episodes trying yeah. to accomplish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It feels so. like Dragon Ball Z. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's I always very Dragon Ball the, Z. It's, I always find the concept of the continuing the adventure to be very interesting, but the actual execution of it Mm. It feels a little anticlimactic, unless you can yeah. work it in earlier in the adventure by like yeah. playing down like the strength it. of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or just going, you know, hey, instead of it being this challenge rating twenty six Sphinx, it's just an uber powerful challenge rating eighteen Sphinx. So I can use the same story beats, but include it earlier in the story, so it's actually part mm. of the adventure. Um, and then the next question thoughts. for for uh, Rick is going to be, would you ever be willing to release the raw audio from a recording, say, of the finale <laughs> uh, for that peek behind the curtain of how game runs sans edit? It would My... not be family friendly. No, it would be. Uh... Well, depending on no, the episode, it would, it would very much not be family friendly. Good Lord. My, mm -hmm. my inclination is always no. Uh, and the reason behind this is that, for lack of a better term, um, I've only... Small anecdote here. I've only ever paid to be basically in the beta test of one video game before, and that was actually the Kingmaker game. Mm. And I realized when I was playing it, it's like it's early access or beta tests or any of the rest of that. It's what I'm getting here is the worst version of this product, which isn't enjoyable. And while we do a great job, I think, as far as, you know, all of you guys role playing, all the rest of that stuff, like obviously, you know, um, Obviously, there are, you know, tons of people listening to this, right? Dozens of people listening to this right now that uh, that agree with that. Mm -hmm. Putting out the raw audio is basically giving you the worst version of the product. And I know that there's some of that where it's like, okay, well, we're getting a much more authentic take on it. But my inclination is to just go, you know, other than just EQing and balancing and all the rest of that, which I would do if I decided to release any of this, that going... Let's hold on a second while Rachel is rolling all these things and adding up all the pips on her 15, you know, D6 or whatever it was that she, she just bounced. Yeah. And, Let's sit here you know, for the yeah. 10 yeah. 
the 10, almost 10 minutes of silence while we all Google for an FAQ, because does this spell work yeah, with this like this? How like does this, this spell work? Or, you know? or the um, random times that like, we've got to take a call because something urgent's coming up, and now we've got to, everybody sits for five minutes, 10 minutes while yeah. something's mm -hmm. happening. Like, there's like a lot oh of no, that. somebody has dropped. Well, I guess we have to Oh yeah, the technical like issues <laughs> also, yeah. Yeah, when, oh, when yeah, people drop, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. I do think it would maybe be interesting for a couple of things, but um, as a whole, not really. Uh, just because, again, it's it's the least good version of mm. what we make. Fair enough. And I like to deliver a good quality, you know, product to all of you. I mean, heck, the uh, the finale finale episode, while it was two hundred and or it was two hours and twenty minutes um, when it was released, was. Uh, three hours, uh, you know, over three hours whenever we recorded it. Yeah. And a lot yep. of that that ended up hitting in the editing room floor was just like weird, you know, side tangents or conversations. And I think Jordan had a contractor show up for his house reno at oh, some point. Oh, yeah, so that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that happened. Uh, the fun behind the scenes things. Uh, let's so, see here. Yeah, of course. Uh, Majuba's next question, I think, is going to be uh, more for everyone. Uh, mm -hmm. Did anyone ever consider dropping out of the AP during its run or more likely before committing to the next four-year run? Because these nope. APs do take a while. But... No. No. Yeah. I, dropping out specifically, no one came to me about that. Um, mm -hmm. We did have a number of conversations before... Uh, deciding to undertake another adventure path. And again, a lot of that comes back to we have had an exceptionally successful Patreon, um, mm -hmm. but this is a lot of work for, for mm -hmm. all of us. Uh, and as such, you know, while we are, uh, we love what we do here, and I, I know Jessica always makes the joke that, well, we'd be doing this anyway, as yeah. far as like playing the game is concerned. It's different. Yeah. Uh, but it's it is different. different. Yeah. It's a lot more demanding. And so there was a time where we even considered, you know, what do we want to do with the next one? Do we want to commit to another, um, another six book adventure path? Mm. And, uh, you know, after a long discussion, we basically decided, yeah, yeah, we do. Because mm -hmm. uh, we enjoy what we make and we love this community that has been built up around this. And so, uh, you know, we like having these interactions with all of you and, uh, again, we'd be doing this anyway. So, yeah. yeah. And I think like part of it is like, you know, my, my coworkers ask me like, what do you do on the weekends? And, you know, I tell them, Hey, I do this podcast and I'm, you know, recording it for up to eight hours on a weekend. I say that happily, like with pride mm -hmm. that, you know, I do that. That's not like, Oh man, I got to go record, find the path again, man. It's just going to ruin my weekend. Like, you know, we, we enjoy, I enjoy, I personally oh, yeah. I enjoy doing this. Like I, yeah. I like doing this. I have fun with it. So, you know, it's definitely been that, um, as far as like maybe dropping out of the next one, the only reason I'd be doing it is because of time. Um, just because it does take a lot of time to, to record yeah. three shows. Which again, mm -hmm. we, we had a conversation. It was announced recently in Hell's Rebels, um, you know, that we are moving away from doing after parties. This will be the mm -hmm. last after party, obviously, for Mummy's Mess, but we will also not be doing it for the adventure path that follows. Yes. Mm -hmm. And in large part, it's just because it, when we did the math on it, we basically went, we need to find time somewhere and something has to give. And that ended up being what we decided on. Uh, but no, I'm, I think all of you enjoy playing 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've had to make some changes on things and all the rest of that before in the past. You know, again, Ross was a part of Mummy's Mask because of time constraints and things like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> that whole real life yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, life. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, Majiba's next question is early on. Uh, Rick mentioned planning to cut excess duplicative uh, unimportant encounters. Uh, from what I can tell, other than random encounters in the desert, pretty much nothing was cut. Is that impression correct? Did you change your mind, decide that the flow was better as is, or just forget, maybe? I guess is the general question. Uh, so I did cut a number of encounters. Um, heck, one of the big mm. ones I cut was uh, the only dragon fight in Mummy's Mask. Mm. Oh, well, I was thinking fight. about that, that I was like, we never yeah. fought a dragon, but, you Yeah, know. There, was a, there was a blue dragon fight that's uh, in the Ooh. book. It even has artwork I, and all the rest of that I stuff. I really expected there to be a dragon in Hockatip's Pyramid, that one of the generals was going to be there like, was a dragon. You. dragon. <laughs> yeah. Heather was you were the dragon, dragon all along. I was like, oh, we're going to get to the fireplace and the general's a flipping red dragon, you know what I mean? Or something, yeah. you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Because they're elemental, mm-hmm. So, but I was kind of surprised there wasn't a dragon yeah um so i mean that was one of the encounters that i cut that funny enough i cut it and then i considered working it into the fated tells and then mm. i ended up deciding oh, no. not to go because it was a neat fight there was like a bunch of statues and then there was the a dragon flying around i think there was a clay golem or something that was also oh involved God. in the fight. Oh, wild. Oh, it was a very interesting idea it was whichever one of those golems gains powers from getting hit by lightning oh, um, oh <laughs> so smart. it was a fun like synergy sort of thing nice, but, nice. um Funny enough, for pacing stuff, there's uh, when you guys did that riddle that the solution was uh, a wall, uh, and you guys got out of there. Uh, Yeah, there was supposed to be an advanced hollow serpent um, outside of that, which basically this big undead snake thing to try to eat you. Mm. And um, I say no. I wanted, I wanted to finish this adventure path on episode 222, so I just decided. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Fair. And it's not that it wasn't an interesting encounter. I mean, yeah, it sounds very interesting. interesting monster. I haven't ever run but, a hollow serpent before, but yeah. it uh, it just didn't. It sounds cool. Yeah. yeah, I feel like you have actually. No, they've they've been hollow serpent like. Yeah. Think of that oh no! Okay, I could have sworn we fought one or something similar mm. to it somewhere. Yeah. I all right. Uh, last question that from me. Space Ooze was dangerous enough. Anyway, sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, last question from Majuba, and then you may not have the notes for this anymore, Rick, but how much protection of fire did Hawktip have left? Uh, I think at one point it got down to about six points. Oh, wow. Uh, and then <laughs> and he, he stopped time it? and recast it while he'd stopped time uh, with a quicken spell because a sorcerer with quicken spell is. Mm, quick and spell when you're a sorcerer you just gotta <laughs> also time stops so good yeah. so good all righty uh well thank you majuba for your questions um yep. our next one here uh comes from caffeine now so uh thank you very much for your sentiment Yes. <laughs> uh, and this is not a repeat question, so no worries here. Um, but curious about what happened to everyone's favorite of Syrian Nisoy, Kasim. Uh, yeah! And Tetsmanib as well, I suppose. But Kasim was one of my favorite NPCs from the early books, and I'd love yep. to know how her story turned out. Yeah, we love her. Uh, what that- happened? In that same just... vein, I'm also curious about what happened to Kelru and Azaz, whether they stayed with the Beckon or if they peace friends pieced out to go exploring <laughs> on their own. Uh, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> the conclusion. They yeah. actually all, are all in those, the conclusion uh, with Hollis. Yeah. 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 Well, and so's uh, 
Quasim and Tepnadeb oh, okay. there in the uh, yeah. when you guys were yeah. at the tavern at the end. I mentioned that they were ah, there okay. also. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You didn't talk to them, but yeah, they're there mm-hmm. also. Yeah, so. they're in the they're. I think they're still serving as priests at the in you know Wati and then uh, awesome. Azaz and uh, our Kelry favorite couple hang, are hanging around with the you know super secret society, Sacrosanct nice. Order of the Blue Feather. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the club Hollis decided to join. She so acted like <laughs> I'm just joining a club. <laughs> oh, sure, I'll be on your little club. What's <laughs> <laughs> the rules? The first rule of the order You'll is all you don't be talk dead about the order. Soon. Because they're all Let's humans. see here. Anyway. Caffeine has uh, one additional question. Uh, she asks, what were everyone's favorite abilities slash spells slash feats that they use in the AP? Uh, any encounters that people liked or really, really did not like? And for Rick, what were your favorite encounters slash opponents to run? I like turning into a dragon. Mage's disjunction <laughs> slash anything also to spell a good magic. One. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, Jordan, it's got to be my righteous might ability. I mean, that was like the best That's ability. A good ability. <laughs> I, yeah, I used it almost every one. fight. It was the best ability. Yeah. yeah. Rich? Uh, probably dispelling things with sneak attack. Oh, yeah, dispelling, yeah. Uh, dispelling attack was really cool. Mm-hmm. Abjuration yeah. is rad. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, for me, it might have the most interesting creature, you know, that I, I ended up running was probably the the Moftet, uh, just because they had sneak attack and pounce. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So that is a good combination. A uh, oh. So we are coming up on the two yeah. hour mark. At yeah, this I was point. about to say we do have, um, we have more questions, but honestly, we are also pushing yes. a lot of time. Ross, here, any great so. yeah. questions we need to just do real quick. Oh, geez. Um, let's see here. One well, word answer. Here, I, I might be able yeah. to, to do a quick version of this. So, uh, yeah, go uh, for Tip it. Nick asked, uh, is there any one scene or encounter that I would love to have a do over again? Um, honestly, I Went didn't get to do enough died. with. Uh, well, I was going to say, as far as the game master, <laughs> I didn't get to do enough with uh, General Towerwet. Um, no. So that would have been fine. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. I don't that. feel bad about that. Totally one. fine with that. Um, Barney must die at one. Best, uh, that at one point Rick mentioned uh, Neith possibly being the actual Osirian goddess Neith. Uh, so just wanted uh, to know if that was true or not. Um, my inclination is to say not. Yeah, um, they're just I a unless, kid. Yeah, just, just I a mean, kid. If they are, they're dating my brother. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Renwald asked if the quest for uh, Serethet's Atonement was beyond the scope of this adventure. If it had been a home campaign, would the Atonement quest have been played out in detail? Um, my answer would have also been no. Uh, even yeah. in a home campaign, mm-hmm. I would have just been like, we finished the final boss fight. So You did that. Yeah. yeah. You guys did this thing. Um, let's see. Any other uh, quick uh, short questions here? I did see earlier um, in the chat somebody asking me if Narmer was named after the pharaoh, mm. and yes, and people asking why Masika looks like a catfish, um, also from the name Narmer, which means the catfish king mm. or the catfish pharaoh, so mm. I just ran with that theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And because uh, the, there was the question I saw in the chat, yes, she was an undyne. <laughs> yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Which is also why fish. Cat, you know. Yeah, fish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nevermore asks what the biggest strength and weakness of this AP as written is. Um, Honestly, I think the biggest strength is the setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Osirian is such Definitely. a fun, interesting setting. Uh, the biggest weakness is probably um, that middle book section when the party's out in the desert. Is you get a, a lot of that feel, but it is so isolating um, mm. that it can it can 
add to the feel of it, but it's the same. It's the same problem that you run into in any adventure path that takes you far off the beaten trail. Um, Serpent Skull immediately mm-hmm. comes to mind, yeah. also with having yeah. difficulty restocking, resupplying. It it also um, runs into the one one fight adventuring day where it's like we are going to have one encounter basically for this whole day. So like everybody go all out it's you know we got plenty of healing plenty of everything so there's not the same level of kind of danger from being worn down from like you know multiple encounters in a day that i kind of felt that section was a little i don't want to say easy but like less dangerous yeah uh we also had a question in chat asking um if i'll publish my hakatep flashbacks uh, i didn't actually i had those bullet pointed um Mm. i didn't actually have them written out so uh, I am planning on publishing the collective Hawketep backstory that I wrote mm. out. Cool. Uh, just so that's that awesome. if anyone else wants to use that, um, there's lots of things that you can utilize there. So I think that'd be a lot of fun for people. Um, yeah. All right. So shall we do the next part? Yeah, so I, I do think a, a yeah. number of you have probably been very patiently waiting yes. for our, uh, our big announcement. As yes. far as uh, what we're we going to be doing. To, we apologize oh, to you. We didn't get a chance to answer the questions for, but I yes. think our next announcement is something a lot of people have been oh, very, yeah. very the, anticipated. Onurus as a Risen Guard is a question I've seen like six times in chat, though. So maybe a quick yes, no on that. Yes. Uh, I like to leave the door open for it. So, okay. you know, if that's so something sure. that Heather wanted, then yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, cool. maybe, maybe on Mom and Mom detail, are, definitely you know. on Mom and Offer's It'd be detail. weird because he <laughs> yeah. doesn't exactly love that Pharaoh. But anyway, that's a different story. Yeah. Yep. He, but, he was kind of anyway. cool with Mom and Offer, though. Like, he could be cool with that. <laughs> but I think maybe, right. that, maybe that pairing finally worked out. Ah. Yeah. In my head, it did. So anyway, but now we have the announcement. <laughs> yes, yes. The announcement. Yeah. Okay, very good. All right. Uh, so we're not going to necessarily tell you explicitly. We're going to show you <laughs> yes. what and then we're, we're going to tell you for anyone that's listening to this. Yes. True. Okay. All right. So here we go in three, two, one. We're back. Hello, everybody. So, yeah, uh, for uh, for those of you listening at home, we're going to be posting a link to the video that we just showed down in the yes. uh, the description for the episode. But, uh, yeah, we're here to officially announce that we are going to be playing the War for the Crown Adventure Path yeah. for our follow up to yep. Mummy's Mask. Yeah. And that video uh, does have uh, who we're playing in it as well uh, with amazing uh, art that we had uh, commissioned Uh, Alice Blake does some amazing oil style art yeah Mm -hmm. I mean that almost doesn't do it justice like they're beautiful pieces of art Uh, they are so beautiful Mm -hmm. so uh, and of course special thank you also to uh, yeah for thank you uh, thank you Mumford for the amazing music you always deliver absolutely Mm -hmm. so uh, 
I've been humming yeah. it all week. I know. <laughs> I keep watching the video just to hear the music. Yeah, it's very. So nice. yeah, um, we are going to be playing War for the Crown for our next adventure path. Um, it's interesting because we we looked at a number of different adventure paths and tried to figure out we which did. one that we wanted to do we next. We talked, I think, almost about every single one we have <sighs> played. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So I, went through, I went through a plus and minus list on every one that we hadn't played, and so. Um, one, we decided early on that we wanted to stick with first edition. Uh, a mm-hmm. couple of reasons behind that. One, we already have a second edition adventure path that we're doing, of course, with our conversion of Hell's Rebels. And two, um, there are so many good first edition APs. Mm-hmm. And we really wanted to have a chance to play some more of those. But uh, converting things, much as some people may be aware from the uh, the delay in my getting my conversion notes out for Hell's Rebels, uh, is a very time-consuming process. Uh, mm-hmm. And there were a lot of stories that we wanted to do, and also a lot of people that have signed on for this, um, for our main show, as far as Mummy's Massacre are concerned, they signed on for a first edition Adventure Path. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you want a second edition, you know, itch to scratch, then we have that over at Hell's Rebels, but we wanted to present something different here. Yeah. And... I think I can probably speak for all of us when, um, you know, I had some consideration, I had some reticence whenever I originally considered doing War for the Crown. Uh, It was always a story I was very interested in, even when it Mm. first launched and we just started doing Mummy's Mask. It was like, mmm, War for the Crown, though, uh, Mm. back in 2018. I died when they announced it. It sounded amazing. But it was so... um, and I, I know a lot of people made these these comments commentaries uh, pertaining towards like it's very much like Hell's Rebels, and the more I looked into it, I went, this is nothing like Hell's Rebels. Uh, <laughs> mm. So it plays to our strengths, which, um, as far as my player strengths are concerned, have always been their extraordinary ability to role play to make these complex, in depth characters. It also allowed us to present something that is vastly different from the other things that we do. Yes. Um, Tyrant's Grasp is a beast unto itself uh, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, the story the that it's podcast, telling. Yes. And, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, as some people often like to uh, to call it. Um, and Hell's Rebels is very much this underdog story of these, you know, this scrappy collection of uh, of people trying to change their city and, you know, mm-hmm. overthrow the tyrannical government. And so for War for the Crown, we decided to do something uh, vastly different. Uh, as you may have noticed from the uh, the trailer that we had there. Uh, everyone is playing a character, um, judging by you know the the prominent names there of Darahan and Kastner and Corsina and you know Zespire and Maroset. They are all mm-hmm. playing members of the noble families of Taldor. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to play a bit a bit more with the theme of it being like let's actually play up uh, much as we did with Mummy's Mask by having everyone be these characters from. Osirian actually play up with these let's have these nobles there um, mm. you know trying to to aid Utropia in taking the uh, the throne of Taldor um, also I think on a last point is we did want to do an adventure path that had a an impact mm-hmm. um, Mummy's Mask we you know of course it has an impact as far as Osirian is concerned and is a story we, that we definitely loved but one of the reasons that we decided to do Tyrant's Grasp is because it was the last adventure path coming out for first edition and there's very few things that did not have the impact that Tyrant's Grasp did mm-hmm. uh, and Hell's Rebels is a great story about you know these these underdog heroes trying to you know free the city of um Kentarga Kentarga thank you mm-hmm. uh, I kept- <laughs> 
<laughs> I kept wanting to say Kelmarine for some reason. fire. We wanted to have something that has these these long reaching uh, repercussions, and so our minds kind of went to. Well, there's War for the Crown and there's like Wrath of the Righteous, which Wrath of the Righteous would have also been a lot of fun. But there mm. is a video game out already that mm. you can play through yeah. the events of Wrath yeah. of the Righteous. Mm-hmm. Many people already know the story for that. Um, doesn't make it any less of a great adventure path to play. True. Uh, and then, you know, the the whole hurdles of dealing with the, the mythic rules and bouncing mm. back and forth. But not only are we playing first edition and second edition, but we're also <laughs> playing first edition with the mythic rules. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, no, I've always been very excited for, for war for the crown. And I think that it is going to be a phenomenal story for everyone here, just because it really plays up, um, this group's ability to make these fun, engaging, interesting characters, uh, where I, sat down with all of them and just said, you know, hey, make these characters. And even though it's a themed AP where all of them are playing, everyone's playing a human. Everyone's mm-hmm. playing a noble. They all have a very similar background mm-hmm. that they came to me with five extraordinarily distinct characters. Uh, and I say five because as many of you probably noticed from that trailer as well, Ross is going to be joining yeah! us for War hey. for the <laughs> Should Yay. be fun. I'm, I'm glad I get to join the main show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, so, that, does, that does, uh, in case anybody is curious, does mean this will still be a weekly show. Yes, that is yes. true. It is going to be a weekly show. Yep. Uh, we are taking a brief hiatus. Uh, we are going to be taking off the next six weeks, and this is going to be launching at the very beginning of 2023. So January 3rd, you'll have three episodes in your feed so you can get to know these these brand new characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how about we do a little quick roundtable? And, um, you know, during our announcement here, you of course, get to find out more about these characters once the, uh, the actual um, story comes out with... Uh, Everyone talking just, a, I guess, a brief overview of what you're going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing in backstory or anything else, the rest of that at the moment. But uh, Jess, you want to start us off? Sure. Uh, I am playing Baroness Verity Augustine Corsina, um, who is a warrior poet samurai um, order of the scales that mm. I based a lot on Alice Roosevelt. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So samurai, I wanted to do a cavalier that didn't have a mount, and I wanted to do. I'm looking for classes I haven't played, and I'm looking for classes that add something or make it. You know, there's a little bit of a twist or a challenge to them, and so warrior poets don't wear armor, but they're frontline characters. So I was like, that's kind of weird. So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. That's what we're rolling with for me. All right, yeah. so I am. Uh, Jordan, that would be I, was, I was gonna say I was, I was expecting you to call somebody. I thought name. he was gonna call yeah. two. We so the same order as always. Anyway, y'all. I apologize. I just Jordan, Jordan, why don't you go next? Tell me, tell me a little bit about your story. Yes. Uh, so I am going to be playing uh, uh, Baron Cornelius Ignatius Mariset, uh, and I am going to be playing an Arcanist. Which uh, anybody who's seen me play Kingmaker or uh, any of that, uh, you know, on the Twitch streams knows I love a good Arcanist, a uh, perfect mm. blend of wizard and sorcerer, because why choose? Um, mm-hmm. And something that I've always wanted to play all the way to highest level and never gotten to. So, because um, I only made it to what, book four, I think, in uh, Strange Ions. So, 
I'm mm. really looking forward to high level uh, play with like arcane exploits and things. Awesome. Awesome. Heather. So I am playing Viscountess Gwynweaver Sigurd Kastner, and she is a scald uh, who is a lay priest of Regathiel. Nice. So I'm excited. I haven't played a scald before, so mm -hmm. it'll be interesting. Yes. Very It'll be a fun so. change of pace. The whole Regathiel angle. Yeah. Uh, fun. Many of our Rage, Pathfinder man. Society uh, players out there may recognize the Kastner last name. Mm, mm -hmm. True. Mm. They're somewhat famous or infamous, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rachel? Well, Rachel's the reason that we're having to take the six-week break. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, I had a little Countess... injury to your shoulder, yes. <laughs> yes, I had to get Thank you for being surgery. such a good sport and power. <laughs> yes, we appreciate it. I know, it. so if I have been quiet today, it's because I'm on some pretty good painkillers, so I'm a little... Uh, <laughs> I finally came out. Little, uh, I didn't know if we were going to mention that. A little out of it. Well, I didn't know she if She was rolling her dice yes. way too hard. <laughs> it's that massive stack of D6s for that sneak attack. Yeah, yeah we had to get her a new monitor, too. Too much sneak attack. But I will be... <laughs> I will be playing uh, Countess Felix Averell Evangeline Zespire, and I will be uh, exploring the altruistic version of a uh, cleric of Abadar. She's going to try to change my mind, y'all. <laughs> I am also following Abadar in this. <laughs> yep. oh, nice. We're having some weird things occur in this AP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're stepping outside of our comfort zones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, Ross, okay, joining yeah. us in this. Uh, uh, my this turn widely available feed. You woo. All right, so uh, my character is going to be Count Oliver Darhan, uh, the a former captain of the Talon Phalanx, uh, who is a Magus. So I am very much looking forward to playing a Magus. Uh, I do love the class. I haven't really gotten to play one in depth for very long, so this should hmm. be a lot of fun. I went with yeah. the Myrmidark Magus, so kind of a bit more of a fightery flavor since, you know, I figured we could use um, somebody, but uh, somebody who also can do like the range spell strike, which I always thought was a lot of fun as well. Cool, cool. So should be, should be entertaining. And again, uh, thank you all for having me along. So nice. So I, yeah. I think Rick is GMing it or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I, mean, I will be like that. everyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. So, so yeah, we are we are very excited for the new War for the Crown. Uh, of course, you know, you guys got to hear the uh, what's going to be our intro outro music for that whenever we played the uh, the trailer just earlier. Um, uh, and we have we have a lot of fun things prepared mm -hmm. for this next year, uh, not just in the form of uh, of War for the Crown, which again I am I think I teased before that I'm going to be trying a couple of new things with this. Yeah, and so, it's true. Uh, yeah. Keep your uh, your ears out, I suppose, more than your eyes out, since it is uh, audio only podcast format. Um, <laughs> since it will still, of course, be podcast, uh, you know, first and foremost. As much as we do enjoy these uh, these live experiences, um, you know, the podcast uh, format is what we mostly focus on. Uh, mm -hmm. That being said, we do hope to uh, to do a couple more live shows and everything else in the uh, the year to come. So stay tuned for that as well. Indeed. So. Yeah, I don't really have a, a lot else. I don't know if uh, if there are any questions out there in the chat. We'd be more than happy to uh, to answer a few of those pertaining towards this. But yes, like I imagine for our uh, our East Coast folks, uh, it's getting a little late for you guys. Yeah, it's true. 
That's what the VOD is for. <laughs> That's true. But um, uh, we did have somebody request if we could play the trailer again just for fun. Yeah. I don't know if we have time for that. But <laughs> I don't know if you can cue that up again, How about Jordan? we play that trailer actually, for an yeah. outro? We can do yeah, well, the outro trailer for an outro. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Are there any companions uh, in War for the Crown? I don't think so. No, nobody dogs. took anything. Just to have. Yeah, like yeah. pet dogs. <laughs> like but I don't think anybody has an animal companion yeah. or anything. No. Yeah. yeah, you gotta have dogs. Uh -huh. No, I, I'll probably get to play a number of exasperated, uh, like, wait staff and things like that. It's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get to For have God's ladies sake, in waiting flag, and waving attendance around and a stuff? little? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Maybe we'll see. Mm. <laughs> uh, so you did ask if have you all had a pyramid cake yet? No. I want a pyramid we cake. Not. We did not. Yeah. I want no. cake. pyramid cake. You should That's have a pyramid cake. Uh, <laughs> we did have a delicious cake that was uh, it wasn't a pyramid cake it was a nothing bunt cake. Um, it was good. Yes. Mm, so. Yes. <laughs> there is that. I do love Another that. Question, Does anyone get slapped uh, with a glove? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. I Definitely. hope so. I am playing a samurai. I'm going to slap people with gloves a lot. Which is not really a samurai uh -huh. thing, Ooh. but it's a cavalier thing, but whatever. <laughs> a Herbin hunter with a hawk would be fun, though. <laughs> Somebody who does falconry, that would be a lot of fun. Ooh, that would have been interesting. But, yeah, not not yeah, the path we're taking at this point. So Yep, backup character ideas. <laughs> so, uh, in answer to one question that was thrown out there, uh, yes, we are going to have a YouTube link for the trailer as well, yes. if you want to uh, to look at that a little bit more in depth. Uh, I probably mm -hmm. watched yes. that trailer like 15 times. It's yeah. Like so I keep, I keep together, watching Jessica. it for the music. I put it together <laughs> and so I've seen it like so a, many times. I was going to say, Jess, <laughs> Jess put that together, y'all. <laughs> Tell yeah. Bumper to make it a longer track. So yeah, tell him to add more to have it. Have a listen. You need an extended yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll <laughs> actually, You will get to hear some more uh, Mumford originals in the uh, the upcoming, since he is also yeah. providing with some uh, I'm sure some we'll have like a ball scene well. or something. So we need like a full on like bard <laughs> rendition. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I demand it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Are we ready to outro with the trailer one last time? Uh, yeah, one more time, the trailer. Yeah. So, well, thank I suppose. Thank you all for uh, uh, coming and hanging out with us. Yes. Well, uh, not just that, but also thank you for following us for, uh, for you know, 222 episodes of Mummy's Mask of Excited. Uh, and, so you know, thanks, thanks for backing us on Patreon, yeah, uh, all subscribing of our on yes. Twitch, so cheering on We've Twitch. We've seen a huge surge of uh, Patreon support uh, after the uh, the finale for and Mummy's Mask. And we the main feed that. is on hiatus until January 3rd, uh, Hell's Rebels and Mummy's Mask are still coming out. No, no, no not Mummy's Mask. Uh, Hell's Rebels and uh, Tyrant's, Tyrant's Grass. But wait, there's more. There's more. I, I, usually, I will point out, I'm usually the one that trips up when I say that. And so in my yeah. brain this entire time, I'm like, say the next AP, say the next AP. Don't say War for the Crown like 20 minutes into this thing. <laughs> Stop. That would have been so, uh, fantastic and but, people yeah. would have Spoiler, quick, quick, Jordan. So you, will still have, <laughs> you will still have two shows to listen to us. And, you know, hey, here's to another 220 episodes for War for the Crown. True. It's yep. true. Yeah. I'm very yeah. curious. It's just for a Taldor. small anecdote. Uh, I am for Tildor. For Tildor. Uh, <laughs> I'm very curious whether or not the uh, the role play centric nature of War for the Crown means that uh, there's going it to be, be even longer. Is it going to be longer or shorter? I'm oh, like, yeah. there'll be fewer combat encounters probably. That's true. Oh, that means we can role play more. Role play. Yes. And we're yeah, playing we know how to talk. So uh, yeah. everything's going to be yeah. a little extra. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. But yeah, so thank you so much, of course, to all of you for joining us for this yes. amazing adventure. Thank you so much to our patrons who made mm-hmm. it uh, possible for us to even continue once the pandemic began and we had to buy mm-hmm. all yeah. sorts of new equipment. Uh, and you continue to support us now. Uh, if you have not supported us on Patreon, you know, maybe consider giving it a shot. You got six weeks. That's a, that's plenty of time for some 80-something episodes of Tyrant's Grass that's over <laughs> there. So yep. yeah. oh. always fun. And you get some other cool stuff. Also, um, it's true. depending on what tier you sign up for. This mm-hmm. show will be on the Mummy's Mask feed. It's going to be on the same feed. Yes, it is going yes. to be the exact same feed. It is going to continue. You'll have Mummy's Mask there and you will have uh, this as well. So uh, more likely than not, eventually Mummy's Mask will retire from that feed uh, and we'll just kind of make an archived feed for it. But that's not going to be anytime soon because I know that there's a mm-hmm. lot of people still working their way through Mummy's yes. Mask yep. uh, yes. right now. Um, amazingly, we had some people that, you know, we reached the... 200 and teens somewhere and they're just like I'm going to binge all 200 something episodes it was great <laughs> yeah, they did, they did. They did. So, yeah. Yeah. y'all are amazing your, yeah, your dedication so. is and phenomenal congratulations to Rick and the crew again for such an amazing job I mean y'all did great thank you, so, thank you. Yeah. we worked hard oh, thanks Ross thank you we worked yeah. hard yes, thank you we worked hard <laughs> yeah. I don't remember and who told us that phrase but I will it, tell you I use it in every phrase. facet of my phrase. life now it is. yeah it's a great phrase <laughs> it's true it worked too I do work easy mm-hmm. to work, yeah. Which I'm not yep. at right now, but <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I do work hard so, at that uh, too, I guess. So much like much like Falto, you know, leading the group, uh, leading Citra away, you can all follow us over to Taldor and join us with the yes. new adventure. So yes. uh, very much For looking forward to that. For Taldor. Yes. Oh Lord. How many, so many times uh, are we yeah. gonna say that in this movie? Oh, it will be Taldor. For Taldor. That's that's basically the Taldane equivalent of YOLO. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Uh, Kevin from Dynamark so, uh, apparently told us that. Ah, oh, thank you, awesome. Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. So yeah, I suppose uh, with that, thank you all for joining us for this entire. Yes, uh, thank you so much. Amazing uh, experience. I hope that you will continue to join us for this next uh, change of scenery, change of story, and change of uh, you know change of title at the very least as far as the main show is concerned mm-hmm. um and until next time good luck pathfinders bye right, path folk bye, take path care also, here's the trailer again Cheer the trailer yeah, one more the trailer. time yeah. outro the trailer. outro <laughs> <laughs> jordan's like hold on one second <laughs>